see if anybody notices it. It's in there. What? Is it in the shot? The dildo? Yeah. Yeah, look. What? Oh, that one. <laughs> yeah, it blends in. Yeah. So I, I thought the I No, looked, not the pink one. Yeah. Nah, no. I mean, you just put them next to each other. <laughs> As the dildo gallery. Well, give me the dildo then. Now they're kissing. <laughs> oh no. Too rough. Kissing too rough. That's the most confusing shape. It kind of is like, oh my god, it's like a fucking deviant yin yang. That's what I thought <laughs> vaginas were like when I was like three. <laughs> like this? Yeah. Like like this? Yeah. Well, not like exactly that. I Because, well, since I was a dude, all I could imagine was an external appendage. Okay. So I figured, oh, the the women must have like a tube, An external tube. Yeah, that like they just lock or something. Oh God! I imagined basically that, except it wasn't like a fucking half inch deep lock. Well, that'll that's how you get them stuck together. Now you're... It's a weapon now. <laughs> this this has become a threat to humanity. It is over. Bow before me, Thanos. I will smite ye. The infinity dong. The, the infinity dong. The infinity donglet. <laughs> when when all the dongs combine, I can spin them around and alter time it's as I see fit. You get six different bad dragon dongs. Yes. And they all lock together. Oh, God. Like Voltron. <laughs> but I need, like, one of those, uh... I need, like, one of the fake vaginas. Oh, hey, we're recording. We are. Hey. I need... I need we gotta sink this shit. <laughs> okay. I need, like, one of those fake uh, vaginas I can stick all of them to so I can grab upon that. Because I can, like, put my fist into it and then it becomes, like, a gauntlet of swinging dicks. Yeah. And that's how I would make a porn of Infinity War. I guess the external vagina thing is going into the podcast. Because <laughs> I wasn't thinking about whether we were recording yet. <laughs> yeah, I just imagined there was like a tube. Why? Because I was three... Like the things at the end of the vacuum. You're imagining that is literally a, a woman's... Kind of? Where it's, yeah. just like, it's just kind of like dangling out, but it has like yeah. a gaping hole. It's just the right size for your dick to go through. Yeah, basically. I mean, you're not wrong. It's just internal. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's That was my child's interpretation of what the other gender must be like. It's pretty on point. This must go in the other one, so it just must be the same thing, but something that's like in, you know, male and female, like, USB connectors. I didn't. <laughs> I was totally in the other camp where I thought, like, everyone just had dongs, and we just had to, like, swap them with each other. That's what I thought. <laughs> like children are made via sword fighting? Yeah. Like Did I, I ever tell you the first vagina I ever saw had a fist in it? I mean, like, in real life or the internet? <laughs> On the internet. Okay. <laughs> that was literally, <laughs> like, that was the first <laughs> time I saw one. I don't even know what age it was, but it was just, like, just a reveal... And it, and, uh -huh. it, and it was at it was not at a it was not a close up. Okay. So in particular, not a close up. So like no. from afar. Yeah. So you like have binoculars. Like my word, what is that? It was, man? A, it, was it was like it was a I think it was either a pop up or a banner image or something. Oh okay. And it was like if you full frame, you could see both of the people in the frame, 
in like full body and so like at that angle like you're far enough away the main thing that i that i took away from it was just a shocking lack of anything being there what do you mean like if it's shaved and there's a fist in it and it's that far away you kind of just not seeing anything it's like the body just ends and somehow a a hand like a hand is going inside somehow and like it's that was just that was the takeaway was the weird the the total lack of anything yeah yeah, was the surprise i'm trying to think Uh, what was mine and i turned out just fine (laughs) i i want don't worry parents just let your kids experience everything nothing goes wrong i want to say the (laughs) first vagina i ever saw was from a playboy magazine yeah, I never had any sort of physical porn media I ever. Didn't either. Uh, no, that's, well, I guess technically that's not true. When I was an adult, I did, but uh, as a kid, I never did. I I only got to see it because uh, I went boating with uh, some family, and one of the kids like fucked up, like fell when he was skiing or whatever, mm-hmm. or uh, surf skiing. Yeah. Anyways, he fucked up and like just bit it really hard and like cut his nipple really badly like almost off almost um yeah i don't know what happened he just like <laughs> no i'm just trying to figure out the context of why so the, oh like where's this story go yeah weird turn we so cut, we cut to a strange direction so we get into the car uh so we all get into, we all get into the car we're going back home and uh boy's all bitching about his broken nipple and so uh his dad goes like oh well fine here you can look at this and i'll like i'll replace your nipple or something like that. He said, like, something along the lines of, like, here's, here, you can look at this nipple to make you feel better about your broke, like, your fucked up nipple. And so he just handed, like, a Playboy to him. And then the kid was just, like, looking at it. And then I, I looked over and I was like, huh, that is a lot of thing on the chest. Like, that's too much thing on the chest. What a bizarre moment. Yeah. Just across the board. I think I was, like, 12. And they were all, by the way, the best context for this is that these were all strangers to me. Yeah. I have never met them in my entire life. Just with some people, presumably, what, are they family friends or something? Like, how are you even in their their car or whatever? Are you? uh, Right. I've never. Okay. Because I don't talk about, I don't talk about my, I don't really talk about the other side of my family, like my father's side, because it's a lot of GTA life gta life more or less um so the context for why i was with these people was that my dad brought me with him to a class reunion like a high school reunion thing Mm -hmm. and so uh while he was there he met his first wife um she he ran into her and she was with her new husband and uh and my half sister who i didn't know i had and so surprise yeah and so my dad came up with the grad and he said, you know what, Andrew, I, you should go spend the weekend with these people. And I was like, I, he just dumped you on strangers. Yeah, he just gave me to some strangers and we, uh, they put me in their car and they just drove me to a farm somewhere far out in the middle of bum fuck nowhere. Um, and I was just now he with, just, he literally just didn't want the responsibility of being a parent for a weekend and no. just wanted to throw you away so he could spend time with his old wife basically no no isn't, isn't that a, i is went that i went with the old wife oh i thought he was banishing you to like rekindle something and like just no. ha- just have no responsibilities and be really reckless with the, the, the no child. it's worse he just he just gave he just saw this excuse to get rid of you yes and put you with a bunch of strangers yes. and just nothing will go wrong obviously 
I mean, I got to see <laughs> boobs. But I'm so I'm just a stranger, and I'm like, why are these these people? And that's just... how I had my first encounter with porn. Uh, that was also my my dad didn't want to be a dad for a weekend. Yes, and but the best part was that was also my first encounter with a waterbed, <laughs> and waterbeds are cool as fuck. I was so happy because my half sister had this like awesome waterbed, and she was uh she was like, oh, do you want to like instead of sleeping on the couch, you want to sleep with me? I was like, well, I don't really know you. You're a stranger, but you know what? You got a waterbed, so fuck yeah. So I jumped on that thing, and it was crazy. I jumped on it and then laid down, and I think it was like 15 minutes later that it stopped wo- like wobbling. And it was awesome. Is that a good thing? It was that the great. bed doesn't stop okay. moving. So here's the thing. As a kid I've been going the opposite direction with beds where I want maximum <laughs> not movement. They can make it the shit out of like multi-layered foam. <laughs> okay, so there's I two. I want to be able to not spill a drink. <laughs> <laughs> there's two things about this. One, as a kid, that's awesome. Because beds are boring and it's a place you don't want to go because you have to sleep and you kinda don't want to because you're like really hyped up on doing not sleep. So a moving bed is like, whoa, I could still be hype, but also sleep. And this is how you grew into a not sleeping adult. Yeah. <laughs> Two, they are very fucking impractical for every other use besides being a child. Um, yes. Like having sex on a waterbed is probably the most hilarious thing I've ever tried to envision in my head because every thrust is like the Titanic where it's just like... Titanic. It's because all you're doing sounds like a rather self-flattering thing to say. No, no. Every thrust you do is like you. It's like the Titanic going, like, like going straight up and sinking down. Because like every thrust is going to take the whole, like the whole bed goes with the thrust. And it's like if anything, at least like okay, maybe the whole bed won't throw you. You know. Uh, a solid 90 degrees but like you're gonna throw your partner off of you on accident like the just the sheer force throw them off because like either the worst case scenario is Wouldn't either you just move less no well to compensate for the increased uh, increased no because uh, reaction you would have to it'd be like it's it'd be like fucking on the moon yeah like that's a, you can't no because like you just gotta compensate for the amount of movement involved that would be boring no <laughs> it's basically and also you can't have too much force on it because you could pop the waterbed it is like a poppable thing it's not like made of tungsten steel like the, thinking about the fucking on the moon comment just made me think of like i think it was cube three hypercube i think was the one where it just got peak level peak levels of stupid and i think there's a, a guy and a girl that couple off with each other and cube three they start spinning in the air in a no gravity cube and fucking until they mummify. <laughs> mummify? How? I don't know. I've seen the movie. I don't know. You just find them later and they're like two skeletons, like, sh- like sh- looking all shrink wrappy and shit. Like they've been there, like they've been dead for a while, just holding each other while spinning in a no gravity cube together. Like, two entire characters of a narrative just wander off for a moment, die off screen, and are just mysteriously have been dead for a super long time in each other's embrace. And that's just how those characters are resolved in a movie with only a handful of characters. Yeah, I'm not okay with that. Dude, Um, the Cube trilogy is fucking weird. It's just a weird idea, and I can't even... I think I've only seen Cube 1. Cube 1 is the most straightforward one, where it's just like, 
Yeah, they're in a weird thing, and it's like it's you have to, a you have to escape. It's a basically? it's a satire of the military industrial complex and yeah. stuff like that. Like they have they have a message going on about how like all the people like a bunch of the people that are in the cube are people who actually worked on different parts of the cube, and it's just a way of making money. And the thing the cube actually doesn't do anything, but in order to keep it from being shut down, people have to be put in into it periodically, so it's doing something, even though it doesn't have a purpose, because people can make keep making money off of making the cube. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay, so it's like, it's one of those everyone's cool with a thing until it fucks with them situation, like the lottery or 1984 or whatever. Yeah. Like, sure, fine. But then two, two was like, why'd you make a sequel? What is even happening? But then you get to three and you're like, this isn't even, this is zero escape. I'm not even like, I'm not even exact, like it's, I'm not even exaggerating. It's like 999 and stuff where it's just, it gets absurd and up its own ass and has twists that hurt to think about and an ending that is insulting. <laughs> and, and like, and multiple character endings that are like that. Like the weird mummy, like it's, you might as well have gotten the mummy ending and stuff like that with those characters where you're like, I don't know. The game just decided it's time to kill everyone and it's got to come up with an excuse real fast. So you got the mummy ending. <laughs> Like, wow that's how dumb it is that sounds... i think it's on netflix i'm sure it is i think i watched at least two of the three on netflix or something and i was just like fuck it let's just see where the series goes and i'm like i'm not disappointed but i am disappointed <laughs> at the same time and if that sounds like a paradox so is the cu- so is hypercube how did so, we get here first question why because we have a lot of them in the backlog and we should probably answer them <laughs> so what was the first video game you remember hating with a passion by Dex? Mass Effect Andromeda. It's also the last game. Hate, it's the only one. Hating with a passion? Yeah. Mass Effect Andromeda. You yeah. never hated any other game. No. You know, I feel God. like you only really hate a game with a passion if it's specifically ruining something that you cared about. Otherwise, it's like, that game sucks. Oh, well. Like I can't hate yeah. 999 with a passion cuz it's like it's just it's just a thing that exists in a vacuum that isn't good. <laughs> like it has to specifically hurt me <laughs> in order for me to have that kind of reaction. Like know. to hate with a passion? It's just that's too much brain to give something that just sucks in a vacuum without like sucking for a specific reason that's personal mm-hmm. to you like ruining a franchise that you've cared dearly about for like a decade, for example. True, true. Like now that if, I think about like it, like if the guy who made One Piece died and somebody else was given actual control over One Piece and just fucking just ruined everything you loved about One Piece and also retroactively ruined the characters via time travel or something, like that would be something to hate with a passion. Yeah. Without that kind of context, it's like you're either doing that Tumblr bullshit where you're like, who did this? I'm screaming! And that bullshit where you're just like saying words that don't mean anything, or you're ha- or you're like emotionally unstable. <laughs> like you're either literally not, don't mean the words when you're saying you hate with a passion, or you might be hating stuff with a passion you sh- that you shouldn't be giving that much thought to. By the way, I hate that stuff. I'm, I'm so sick of people like speaking exclusively through massively inflated exaggerated terms so they can't even like tell what they're even what level they're actually supposed to be on with their comments what do you mean that tumblr type comment basically like i get comments like that and i'm like i can't i can't tell what level you're actually on because you're on like imaginary dialogue mode and i'm like are you (laughs) 
it just sounds like people are wildly indignant about stuff and they're like and like i don't know why you're reacting like this i was like i wasn't this wasn't even supposed to be like rude or anything i'm like did you read the words that you did it's like you did the words you did the <laughs> that's words. what they said <laughs> those are the words you said I'm trying to think uh I hate it with a passion, Jesus. When you put it into that context, I don't know. It's it'd be pretty fucking hard, right? Ukulele. Yeah. Ukulele, I think was I was the, waiting for you to I say think, ukulele. I think ukulele was the first time. I was literally time. waiting for you to like, he's gonna say ukulele, right? Like yeah. I'm like, do I have to prompt him? <laughs> do I have to tell you? About, like a, keeps, do I have to remind you about your own feelings? <laughs> Keith says a cute card, he's like, ukulele? He's like, yeah. Like, wine. Um, the uh, yeah, ukulele. I think ukulele was the I think first they came time. Out the same year, they did. Yeah, I think they did. It it was like the fr- yeah, that was probably the first uh, time I. It was the 2017, I, the year that popped our hate cherries. Yeah, I think that was the first time I legitimately was like yeah, because it represented a thing you cared dearly about, yeah. and it was the awful. It was the worst. Yeah. And not only that, but it was like, like it was I almost, also was a part of making it. So did, like yeah, I donated so you were money. invested in it for years yes. in a way that you weren't invested in like nuts and bolts. No. Nuts and bolts is like this idea didn't work. Yeah, nuts but, and bolts came out, I played it, I was like, I don't like it, but it But it whatever. Whatever. Ukulele promised you things for years. Yes. Ukulele. Yeah. It, 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 it it's like how some people might feel about uh Mighty number no. nine. That's true. Yeah. If Which I was I don't really big in, I don't care about Mega Man. Yeah, if I was really big into Mega Man, Mighty Number no. Nine probably would have made me more angry than it did when I played it. Yeah, I've, I've just never been that into it. I might have felt that way about some of the more recent Castlevanias if I had my finger on the pulse better, because like Symphony of the Night is one of my favorite games ever. And but I just I fell off the I just fell off the ramp of playing uh, Castlevania games when they all went handheld. Because, like, like seven of them in a row were handheld exclusive, and I just kind of wasn't really playing handheld, so I kind of just lost track of a franchise I liked. And then eventually, like, now we're on consoles, but we're we're God of War now. And I'm like, I'll just continue not playing this franchise that I haven't played since I was nine. (laughs) It's a good choice. Maybe I'll play them one day. They (laughs) could still be fun. Maybe. I, what, do you think the Castlevania games, those last the Lords of Shadows ones, do you think those might be closer to what you like than actual God of War is now? Probably, yeah. Hmm. So I want, yeah, I wonder if those are your type of game. Which is funny because they went there from probably not being your kind of game. Yeah. So you're like you're on the reverse side of that change. Yeah, I wasn't really. I never was good at Castlevania. Yeah. Um, the Metroidvania side scrollers. But that's the thing. Like I'm good at Metroidvania side scrollers. I just ex- just, just ex- specifically, yeah, specifically Castlevania. Castlevania. I couldn't do it. Weird. Um, like I played Metroid as a kid, and I was great at Metroid. Yeah, I couldn't do Castlevania. Hmm. I don't know. It was. I think it was. I think the thing about Castlevania. I still never played a Metroid game. Of really? Any type. Any type. Period. The closest I've ever gotten to Metroid. Period. As a franchise. Like Nintendo Land. No, is a. Uh, I wouldn't count that. But technically, but by name, but no, the closest thing I've ever, the closest I've ever gotten to Metroid mechanically was Shadow Complex. And Hollow Knight? Nah. That's just another Metroidvania. Oh. But like Shadow Complex is specifically like, 
you're getting a suit that has a series of different powers and you're oh. shooting and stuff like that. Oh, you mean that thing? You even have, like, okay. I run... You, Shadow Complex even gave you I run fast and then go through shit while, uh, powers, like, which I think is literally in Metroid. <laughs> no, she just rolls. She can't go through walls. I think Shadow Complex had some, like, actual Metroid powers in there somewhere. <clears throat> but at the very least, it's, more, it's the most thematically similar game compared to... Most Metroidvanias that most most games people call Metroidvanias are actually like Symphony of the Night likes. Okay, they're specifically derivative of that PS One game as opposed to specifically the Metroid parts. It's more. I, I always feel like it seems like Castlevania changed in a way that suited Metroid, but then the whole Metroidvania genre that people claim is all based on the Castlevania branch of that more so than actually Metroid. Yeah, and. There, I think there might be more Metroid-looking ones that I don't end up playing, but like uh, Hollow Knight's, I think the closest Metro actual Metroid Mania I've played in a while, where like it is. What was that similar to how Metroid works? What was that two D Metroidvania pixel art one where you play as a scientist guy with a gun with giant boss fights that are all like cybernetic-looking and Tesla? shit? Tesla. No. Do you think of Tesla Grad? Yeah. No. Tesla Way Grad. more like old graphic style. Old like. Okay. Like it, it, it's like older, older visuals. It's it was on like every platform, and like a couple, like three years ago. A scientist. Because I think that one might be more Metroidy. Why can't I remember this? I can't think of it either. Uh, oh, Axiom Verge. Oh yeah, that's probably more Metroidy. That's I think that's literally... assuming it's a Metroidvania because I literally haven't played it. It might be fucking linear for all I know. I don't. <laughs> I know. Just, it just looked like it'd be a Metroidvania. I own it. I own it too. I haven't played it still. Me neither just too many video games guys seriously that was back that was back when my to-do list was like 30 games <laughs> was, when that, was when that game was around and now my to-do list is like infinity games and i'm like maybe one day axiom verge maybe if i start just, it becomes exponentially less likely every week <laughs> <laughs> it's really fucking hard to pick which games are your backlog to do when you're like obviously there's an incentive to keep doing the new ones all the time yeah but the the list of ones that you've just at that point like permanently missed if you stick to that standard just keeps growing and you're like yeah but when do I when do I get around to like test the grad what if I want to play test the grad put them in a fucking randomizer and just <laughs> go that's the temptation at times I would honestly do that man yeah. like because your list is I would like it would be unreasonable if your list was like twenty five thirty games yeah it's like come on man just pick one but I do but... have to pick new stuff periodically anyway just because it's like if I exclusively play older games. Then I have to just succumb to being exclusively funded by Patreon. Yeah. Stop making YouTube money. Uh, and that's not the level I'm on. <laughs> that's not a reasonable move. Yeah. There, I mean, I would just do like new game, random, new game, random. Yeah. Game. I just I mean, pick arbitrarily. Yeah. Or, you know, you can always just stop. Like, the... I, like I played KCD and then I was like, let's play The Surge next. That's slightly yeah. older, but people have been saying to play it. But then I'm going even older after that. I'm going way older with the next RPG than The Surge, which was like, oh, I missed this one by a year. Better get it in before the sequel comes out. Which, by the way, like The Surge. Oh, part of me wants to get you to play that. I don't like it. It looks bad. It <laughs> I watched the review. Oh, the the Shammy one. Yeah, yeah. I don't want. I don't want to. Shammy really turned me off for a minute. It'd be really interesting to see if you'd like it more or less than normal Souls games. Probably less. It's it's. It's a it's a weird mixed bag. It's a strange ass game. I mean, at least Dark Souls has good fighting mechanics. You get 
you get a you or def- not I mean, they're not good but they work you definitely they're get a res- you definitely get a respect for like how finished and fully featured souls games feel and it's like oh that one zone didn't get finished and stuff like that it's like what yeah. you're more thinking or like oh the late game seems to be less polished than the early game but like you play like lords of the fall and the, and the surge and you're like these games are like five hours long <laughs> like it's weird like uh and they they mostly just benefit from being really confusing and weird, and you don't really tell you where to go, and you're kind of flailing around, and also trying to get used to the weird combat system. Yeah, but like your second playthrough of a Souls game, unless you're like they're 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 always shorter, but they're not like astronomically shorter unless you're like running towards your goal. Yeah, but in like the Search and Lords of the Fallen, you just like I I be Lords of the Fallen three times. Jesus. So I just was like let's platinum this. Why not? So I played it, and I I, I played it for the series. Then I played it off camera, just kind of fucking around. Then I'm like, I, I'm only like one playthrough from from platinum them uh, this. So I I streamed a third playthrough, and I beat it in one sitting. And like that, think about that. A Souls like game you beat in one sitting isn't that like it's weird to think about, right? It's incredible. Yeah. yeah. But like you look at the wiki for the surge, and it's like, yeah. By the way, there's five bosses. <laughs> You're like, excuse me. <laughs> There are Dark Souls expansions with more bosses than the entirety of the Surge. And it gets even worse when you realize that one of the bosses is a regular enemy that's just given boss status. Perfect. Like a no- normal... Diablo, like, like Diablo normal, style. Like a normal like copy of you style enemy that's yeah. just like a, like, like, a, like a PvP invader practically. And, and his gimmick is he keeps summoning the first boss over and over again. So it's like a double whammy of recycled elements for an entire boss fight out of, in a game that only has five boss fights. That's, uh... Like, it's a bummer impressive. how much Dark Souls 1 reuses the Asylum Demon, but at least it had, like, 20 bosses. I mean, at least it colored them differently. <laughs> at, le- at least it had, like, 20 bosses as opposed to being like, and here's the first boss, but you gotta beat it, like, three times in one boss fight now. Yeah. It's like, but that was only... That was two bosses ago. <laughs> I've only beaten two bosses since then. I mean... But it was really impressive how in a game that only has five bosses, one of them manages to, manages to be Bed of Chaos. <laughs> the Surge has a Bed of Chaos boss. Oh, is that how the Shammy review was the cloth? Yeah, thing. Like, the cloth. It thing. is straight up like you're just rushing into it over and over again and dying instantaneously and being like, "The fuck am I supposed to do here?" Until you finally get through it and you're like, "That wasn't satisfying," and that was clearly not a good idea. But they just kind of left it in probably because they're out of development time and like, well, we can't have four bosses. <laughs> or at that time, they might have been like, "Well, we can't have three bosses because we did, they didn't, maybe didn't have the idea to recycle a boss yet." Jesus. <laughs> so they might have that might have been their third boss they were making. <laughs> I'm hoping that when they finally make sequels, that that'll be like, oh, we laid the groundwork, so now we can make content for our games. Because they made the f- a first Lords of the Fallen game and a first Surge game, and they've announced sequels to both, but they've they've not made. Uh, they announced the Lords of the Fallen sequel like immediately, and it still hasn't come out. And it's just Oops. been in limbo. In... But when they announced the Surge uh, sequel, they're like, yeah, it's coming out next year. Like next year, yeah, it's twenty nineteen. So it's like I think I think this is twenty nineteen, and it's like okay, so they must have like a timetable for this. Uh, hopefully, they'll make content for it this time, because the surges issue was that like it's on top of the like no, almost no bosses. It uh, most of the enemies are basically you, like your character with the various weapons you can wear, which is only like five categories, and they're just fighting you. And they just it's have, like an early access game or something. Yeah, like it's just, they're just they're all just copies of you basically with different armor and shit like that. But the weapons are there's only five categories of weapons, so they're just using the move sets that you use, and they're attacking you. And they like 
the challenge comes from them all having basically just better stats than you. Uh, okay. Like they're all fucking tanky as shit and kill you quickly, whereas you'd have the opposite problem where you can't you can't kill them quickly at all and you're really not tanky. You like multiply your health to be five times as long as it was at the beginning of the game and you're still dying like three hits and you're like just watching the number melt. Just watching that whole number melt. Enjoyable. Uh, it's yeah. But it, but the game has these little hints of promise where you fight like custom robots here and there. We're just in, a robot shows up like that's the, that's the yard that's the, that that thing's designed to weld shit and it's got like a its whole front side is a giant shield mask yeah and it's just like on a tripod with, with wheels like three legs with wheels and like it's clearly not humanoid and it's got like an extended welding arm that it swings at you and shit mm-hmm. and its weak spot is its back and it's like oh this is like a a video game enemy as opposed to like a copy of the protagonist that you fight but then like it has like three of those ideas. That aren't boss fights, and then you pretty much just fight hundreds of copies of yourself for the entire game, sometimes multiple at a time. And the game's like, isn't this hard? Aren't I being hard? They all have five, ten times your stats and, and damage and health, and you have to fight three of them at once. This is good. This is the interesting scenario, isn't it? And it's like, I yeah. Can I fight a Taurus demon? <laughs> I want to fight a Taurus demon. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. I mean that's. Unfortunately, that that's the the hit or miss nature of that genre too, is those kind of games tend to, it's yeah, but like Dark Souls is like great at not making you fight copies of yourself all the time. Like, yeah, like you fight humanoid enemies in the, in the cases of Hollows that have custom move sets and behaviors each time. True. Like when you fight, you have the starting Hollow is like oh, I'm gonna slap you. Then you have like you're like oh shit this one's like a spear and shield guy and he's got a, com- a completely different thing because he's all turtling and shit and I gotta yeah. figure out how to get around him or maybe learn how to repost or something. Then the fencer dude shows up and you're like this guy's fucking fast. What do I do with him? And he tries to repost you. And then there's the black knight and you're like it's a lot of fucking different versions of humans going on in this game. Yeah. Before it even gets to like the crazy demons that are most of the enemies. Well, basically. I think that was <sighs> Surge had that problem because it had those weird it had that weird system of combat of the weapons yeah. weapon types and so they put themselves into that that unfortunate bubble where okay well they're they're just humanoids so they're just the same as a character and they're they using just, the same I weapons they just ultimately just didn't have the time and resources to make more enemies they're like we'll just populate the entire game with variations but you couldn't you. give them different move sets yeah there's no reason to give them the exact same player move sets except for the fact that the you're reason like is that it takes less time to develop yes is to just to the point where multiple and like there's two uh boss fights one in the main game and one in the dlc that has two boss fights uh that are just a human you're just fighting you're just fighting a human that's really bad and <laughs> one of them has a uh, heavy duty item and one of them has a staff and it's like i was fighting the staff guy with a staff and i'm like we're just the same person except you have a boss health bar <laughs> so you're <laughs> significantly harder to kill and it, it's actually it's actually a bummer because the game is so focused on having these enemies that have monstrous stats compared to you yeah and so you don't get like it'd be be the game would be better if you could play it like for honor where you're fighting off against a dude that's like your equal yeah or or something and you're having a duel where the stats are fair but when they have mega when they can obliterate you incredibly and they're so hard to kill it leads it incentivizes you to largely have to do like careful hit and run cowardly gameplay where you're like carefully avoiding any hit at all while just getting one little hit in there is, just a moment then kind of running away is that the fun of dark that. souls though 
That's not how Dark Souls work. It's all so many so many enemies in Dark Souls are stunnable, and you can do like a combo on them basically. And then your main limitation is when your stamina bar will run out, and you have to be able to escape before that happens if you're not going to be able to kill them within one combo and stuff like that. Like there's, yeah, Dark Souls handles crowds better too. Whoops. Anyway, the most hated game ever. Yep. How did we get to that? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I but... don't remember. I don't remember how we got to that topic. Let's see, hey Keith, and to a lesser extent Andrew, would you ever be up to make uh making a more scripted and edited series on geology and gaming if your schedule ever got uh, less hectic? Mona. And by a lesser extent, they mean to a zero extent, Andrew, because <laughs> you. It's completely irrelevant to you. Uh, bleh. I mean, the same could just be said about the cooking videos I do, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's just <laughs> I don't I don't do scripted stuff in general, really. I was like I I've tried doing scripted stuff before. Like I was going to do like a you did the Resident Evil thing, yeah, which I didn't do. Okay, you did. I did the I, no, I never did the review. Right, you did. You only did the. Uh, I did the easy thing, which was the recap, the chronological story of Resident yeah. Evil Six, because Resident Evil Six made you play four parallel storylines, and so I recapped. Uh, I, I recapped the story while jumping between the the storylines, which was really just like I was just doing that via the uh, the fact that the game has like a cutscene play, playing like a theater mode. Yeah, and the theater mode shows the cutscenes as selectable on a timeline via the four timelines. I'm like, haha, a way to verify what, how the timelines line up in these games because the game is really fucking confusing as timeline because it has four separate timelines that happen separate from each other, <laughs> while also on top of that having the issue of like, there's the one character, uh, uh, Chris's campaign. I think does goes out of order. Just to just to add to the list, that's it's, frustrating. It's infuriating. It's awful. It's the game, and the, the game is the game does not have an interesting enough story to even justify being told out of order in the first place. Like it's yeah. so pointless. Uh, but I, I got that one done, and that was that was supposed to be as a prep. Like as I was like, I'm gonna recap the story of the game to help the review or whatever, and then I just never made the review. I had like pages and pages of notes and all this shit, and. Uh, one of the things that stopped me from making the video was just the idea of like, well, we, we don't we don't have an active audience, so almost no one will watch it. But then like I put all this work in, and then like the people who will be finding it are people who search a game generally, yeah, which would be people who like the game. So I'm just exclusively going to be getting Resident Evil Six fanboys getting mad at my review of Resident Evil Six, basically. Like when you don't have an audience, <gasps> that stuff like basically doesn't work. But it was just so much, and it was just so much time. For something that I didn't think was going to ultimately be good anyway. And I was just like, I just got demotivated by the whole thing. Uh, scripting stuff is hard. Yeah. But uh, and also, if our schedule ever gets less hectic, that would just be me making an active decision to make less content. Yeah. So or less. I'd be in a different headspace in general. Like, yeah, if I massively cut back on the content I make, then... Uh, then maybe I'd be think it's, it might be for the purpose of trying to do scripted stuff. And that might even be because maybe fucking Supreme Supreme Court has finally ruled on Let's Plays and they're not free, they're not free speech or whatever the fuck. So now I got to do scripted content all day or something like something drastic's probably changed by that point. Cause people who make scripted content, like 
they don't make they they generally don't make let's plays a lot of the time no or if they start doing let's plays that's when their scripted content suddenly starts becoming less frequent like a lot of uh, a lot of channels that do scripted stuff they do like the one video a week and that's the only video they make or a lot more of them is often more common they'll just like disappear for months at a time yeah working on one video john tron or shammy shammy <laughs> or yeah. so many other channels will just disappear for ages while they're working on the one thing like well, it's, and it's also takes time to do that stuff and sometimes it's not their job yeah so it's tough because you have to imagine like all the effort that goes into doing a scripted event or a scripted recording is like you got to write the plot you got to write the shit do the research get the clips edit all the clips yeah it's like there's a lot that goes into all of it and then you need to record and that's the thing that people don't think about when you're recording scripted content like reading off the script it's not as easy as like just and then billy went to the store and you have to have a the, massive archive of footage and yeah. all these things like yeah, there's, there's like you need there. arc, yeah you need that oh, but that's also probably not that hard to archive footage in the case of like geology no because you'd literally be you'd have the example in your mind already and you yeah. just go to that spot in the game or whatever but i just mean uh especially in open world games i just mean more or less like just the reading part like reading all that stuff is hard trying to read it fluid like fluidly yeah. trying to make sure that you don't fuck up in the middle of it because then it's like do you edit out that word so it sounds consistent and, and nice or do you yeah. Like leave that blender in like for me what's a little rough is it'd, be, it'd just be in this in this specific example it's more like going back to school oh yeah like i'm not an authority on geology necessarily like i, I become less of an authority every month basically yeah and it's like it's like how i would say a couple things in german every now and then in a random in random videos and people are like oh my god he speaks german i'm like no i took german for three years in high school and high school ended a decade ago <laughs> <laughs> i'm surprised you didn't retain it though did you retain yeah, the language I told that you, you yes i retained spanish and ever go well i've never encountered you ever speaking it so i, I don't believe you refuse to speak that it. that sounds like a cop-out sure it <laughs> sounds like you're not actually retaining spanish <laughs> i mean i also have a shit accent you know that doesn't mean anything i'm just saying you can't be like a it's that's the normal story that people always give is that they uh they uh took some some language all the way back in school a long ass time ago and they don't really remember anymore that's like universal experience i don't know why you're acting like it's weird because if i mean if you took all the time to learn a language you might as well rem like remember well, you it. didn't really take the time to learn a language you took the time to take a mandatory class that you had to take in school well for me yeah so I like many things in school uh we don't remember all of it i don't remember much from my economics classes i took either <laughs> Well, those were kind of important. You probably should remember and I, that. And frankly, I enjoyed German more. Uh, but like, there's just a lot of stuff you just you dump over time. And like, and I'm not gonna like. I just dumped all the other stuff. It's like I won't pretend to be some sort of authority in in geology that knows everything there is to know about geology and shit like that. Because yeah. a lot of it was the same thing as high school and other parts of college, which is that you're just you're taking classes largely for the purpose of passing said class because that's yeah. the that's the incentive structure, and you're you study stuff long enough to get it down to pass like tests or projects and stuff like that. And then you move forward to the next thing and it's like a treadmill and you retain what you retain, which is often, uh, what I took, what I did presentations on. Cause, uh, I, there's a tr the trauma of speaking in front of a class cements memories better. <laughs> so suddenly I remember more about columnar jointing and oxbow lakes. Cause I had to talk about it in front of people, <laughs> Oh, <laughs> which, yeah, I've had the moment of like being 
at Yosemite with family and explaining how how Meandering Streams next Oxbow Lakes works because we were looking at one. And I'm like, I know why this is shaped this way. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, there's a ton of shit I'm terrible at. Like, st- there's stuff that I was bad at then that I'm just worse at now. Yeah. Like, I've never been good at mineral identification. Seems reasonable. It's like we have, like, the technology to not get, need eyes to do we that. We just get minerals and I'm like, ah. Like, there's certain ones that are way easier than other ones. Like, once upon a time, I got extra credit on exam for identifying something that no one else identified. But that's just happening to m- remember a really specific distinguishing figure feature of something that other people yeah. didn't remember. Like, I remember... I, th- I think it was that I remembered that uh, garnets have a uh, crystal structure that's dodecahedral, I think was what it was. And nobody else could pick that out. So they gave us a, they gave us rocks to identify on a mineralogy exam, and I got the extra credit because... The garnet was this piece, rusty piece of garbage shit that looked like that didn't look anything like a gemstone. Yeah, but it was dodecahedral. Oh, and I was like, I'm gonna write garnet, and I got the extra credit for that because everyone else was like, I don't know, it's a rock. <laughs> it's a rock. <laughs> they used to fuck with us on our exams. They would give us fake rocks, like they'd give us uh, sedimentary rocks and minerals and stuff like that, and then they'd just be like one that's like it'd be like a piece of asphalt or concrete and you're supposed to identify it and you're just like and uh, it was a trick question there was no correct answer oh uh so a lot of the uh the joke answer was urbanite urbanite yeah but it was just it was just a, ju- a chunk of concrete and concrete's not a rock it's just it's ma- it's a man-made made-up thing like it's not really a name for it. i mean there's a name for it it's called concrete <laughs> yeah i was gonna say there's a name yeah uh but there's just it, that's it, it that's that stuff goes down to what i'm terrible at which is like large-scale memorization and shit like that like i'm yeah. always garbage at and all, like so like remembering the list of characteristics for so many things like i would have to work with this stuff in order to remember it it like, is one like, of those have, it has to be like a long-term job thing for me to be able to remember identify these things like consistently yeah and so like so much of geology because it was just done in the context of school and then i didn't work with it because my I got a I got at best like a a water sampling job yeah. basically. Uh, all this shit's fading. Like I I'm just not like what I what I offer already is like kind of what I have to offer. <laughs> and then like to the point where like I uh, was it I remember we got the sample and I was like I didn't I literally didn't know on the spot whether that sample we got from the PO box was like a real rock or if it was like a weird like made in china like mold or something yeah like i was like i don't know i'd I'd have to commit to checking this out also it's quartz so the first way i try to check it would be seeing how hard it is and that can go really bad at just like let's just break our po box gift oh that's not a most hardest scale of eight that's a this thing's made of uh of uh i don't even know what a shitty (laughs) plastic would be but a fake plastic fake plastic kind of a redundant thing to say right yeah but i I toyed with the idea of this a little bit because i read the email a while ago and my like hypothetical idea of mm-hmm. this would actually be more like the idea of like sitting down with one of my old professors and like doing a let's play with them where we tour a location and they and they provide insight and then I edit edit that down or whatever. That'd be kind of nifty. It's a fun idea. Yeah. It requires the cooperation of a third party that has nothing to gain. Yeah. Uh, well, teaching tons theology. of resources of moving stuff around and setting up like essentially a studio for somebody. Yeah. And also leveraging contacts that I basically don't have. <laughs> like, hey, person I haven't been in any touch with, you want to just lose a day? <laughs> it's a uh, 
but that's my closest idea of that kind of fun idea. I'm sure but, you could find like a professor who'd be interested. Yeah. Yeah. It's rough because it's like even then at best it's like it's a it's a project you would just be doing for the sake of it. Yeah. Because like it definitely won't do well. You don't know that, <laughs> dude. No it could, way. dude. It's it could. There's stu- <laughs> there's stupider shit that does well <laughs> under the same guise. Like yeah. I mean, fucking cooking videos are retarded, but like there's a million of them on the mm-hmm. internet and they get a lot of views and I don't know why cuz <laughs> they've been doing well for you. <laughs> yeah, they've been doing even better than my shit. And I don't Check know, out cooking with Andrew. It's not I, that, I still have it. It's not that great. It's in, it's on my watch list. Why? It's just me being bad at cooking basically. Yeah. Just not knowing what the fuck I'm doing. Maybe people like to watch you do things because they care about you, Andrew. This is gross, though. <laughs> then why does no one watch the podcast? Oh, shit. Doesn't the podcast do better than your Let's Plays? Sometimes. I think just whenever they have a chance to see you, the videos do better. It's weird. Why? I don't know. Maybe they care about you. Why would why would seeing me be equ- like equally caring? Because the things that are about you are the ones that do better than the things that are about video games. That's weird. Didn't all your vlogs do better? They might have, yeah. Disgusting vlogger? Yeah. <laughs> well, I was, yeah. I've always felt gross vlogging. Vlogging? I, I, delete, it, I, I'm, I like half, when we tried doing vlogging, half the time I would delete the video within 24 hours. Because I'm like, no, this is all a mistake. It's bad. I mean, I feel like it's less bad when, like, for me, it was less bad because I was always vlogging with somebody else. Yeah. Usually. I think, like, only one I just one never had anything to vlog about. That's the hard part. Mm-hmm. I was trying to... I, my goal was to do a vlog every day that I was in France. But I literally couldn't think of anything to talk about. Hey, it's me. I'm still in France. Yeah, it's like, hey, it's me. I'm still I'm alive. I'm here. So I would just talk about... Like, I would basically just try to record whenever I could. You know, like, whenever I was like, oh, this is a fun situation, or we've got a fun group going on, let's just record. Yep. But, like, otherwise, I, I don't know, I just, like, staring at a camera, like, I'm screwing today. Because you have these moments of, like, there's, there's elements of blo- of uh, vlogging that make you feel, like, disgustingly narcissistic. Yes. And so when you start, when you just start doing it, especially in public, it's just like, what do I have to say? And also, I look like an insane person. <laughs> like, to this day... Even though, like, I've been watching Vlogbrothers just for, like, a decade, I think. Like, an incredibly long time. To this day, I'm just like, you are just talking to yourself in an airport right now. And I'm like, I don't know how you do that. How do you bring yourself to do that? Like, most of their... videos don't have shame, I guess. Like, so many of their videos are just in their house. But every now and then, they're like, they're in an airport, or they're in a store, or like they're in public, and I'm like, how are you doing this? How are you just in public being an insane person right I think now? it's just like, you just have to, you envision yourselves as if you're talking on the phone with somebody else. It's weird. And so I think that yeah, kind like, of... Yeah, this is just a FaceTime conversation, yeah. I swear. <laughs> like, I think that's how you have to do it. Like, in yeah. your head, you tell yourself, like, this is just a FaceTime conversation. No one's going to think I'm weird talking to my phone, because it's like... I would literally never think somebody was normal for having a FaceTime conversation. I've never witnessed one. What? I've never witnessed a single person in public ever do go on FaceTime. Ever. Really? So I would always assume they're vlogging if I saw something like that, which I've never seen. Huh. So I've never seen a vlogger or a FaceTimer a single time in, re- in public. That's... I've, I've, I've seen f- plenty of Bluetooth people. I've FaceTime like a couple of times in public. The Bluetooth people are weird because they just, they just have a weird dead stare as they talk at nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like, it looks wrong. They're just standing perfectly still. Like, they're the fucking, like, 
uh, like, restroom sign. Yeah. Like, like that figure. Like they're standing perfectly still and they're just talking into space while staring at nothing. Yeah. And it's just super unnerving. It's really terrifying. Uh, like, they could just be aliens. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, it reminds me how, like, in Star Trek, they had the technology, but they had to have, like, a communicator that they're clearly touching and holding their hand up towards. Yeah. Just so they don't look crazy. Like, even, even our vi- visions from the past of a potential future didn't think anyone would be crazy enough to look like a, bl- a Bluetooth person. Yeah. <laughs> to the point where if I was speaking on a Bluetooth, I think I would be touching it. Like, I'm talking on a communicator. That's what used to be the thing, was people yeah. would go like this. They would, like, talk yeah. like this. Holding I would it. act like I'm, like, talking on a communicator like I'm in a Mission Impossible movie, which is another movie where I think they touch themselves when they yeah, talk to they the do. communicators, even though they don't have to. Yeah. Because it looks stupid. <laughs> Like VR. But, yeah. I don't know. I thought about VR again. I think about it a lot just because it's a toy I don't have. And it's and <laughs> okay. just people interested. It sounds like a child. Or it's like, yeah. everyone else has this toy and I want it. <laughs> the smartwatch. What? What do you mean? It's just what happens. People are like, that's a thing. And the longer you don't have it, you're like, do I kind of want Excuse the thing. Excuse you. I needed this. It's no, very didn't. important. Yeah, it Bullsh- was. Bullshit. I needed it. <laughs> Smartwatches have no part in society. They do. Besides making yourself look obnoxious and like you don't value, like you don't value the conversation you're having. I don't. Because you, you check your phone by checking your fucking watch. Yeah. Like, you're like, when is this fucker going to be over? <laughs> it's <laughs> great. I love it. Because then I could also do like things. I can... You managed to replace checking your phone with something that looks even more insulting to whoever. <laughs> Yeah. like it's actually the worst i am i'm very good at that like it's the same idea with the vr is just like it's a thing i don't have that exists and so it's endlessly tempting just to get one yeah it's like ever since like i you just have a need to like i just yeah. want to own it because I, I clearly like, it's I, had, worth owning. I had a kindle and the kindle eventually just died <laughs> Like, it died forever because I didn't use it for too long and the battery is permanently dead or something. I don't know. It just okay. literally won't charge or turn on or anything. And the moment I realized that, suddenly I wanted a Kindle. <laughs> what? Yeah. Or, like, I think about getting a 3DS conversion uh, converter thing for work sometimes that has, like, an HDMI out. Yeah. Even though I literally haven't turned on my 3DS since Animal Crossing New Leaf in the one week it took for me to realize I don't like it. <laughs> I was like, ugh, Animal Crossing sucks. Uh, so, like... I don't even know where I'd put VR, but like I was thinking about money recently, which made me think about VR, and I'm like, God damn it! And the reason of that was that I got invited to BlizzCon. Mm. Like, hey, you want to go BlizzCon with us? You want to go? I'm like, and I'm like, I'm like, why would I go to BlizzCon? Was the first reaction because I'm like, on one hand, sure, I've never been to a convention and it's with friends and everything, but I'm like, I don't play any Blizzard games. And I don't care about Blizzard. I'm not in the Hearthstone Overwatch bubble of any yeah. kind. I very occasionally log into WoW and then we forget. We, that why we don't play WoW, and then we and then we go back to not playing WoW. Uh, but then I looked, but I but like my my no became so much harder <laughs> over time. I just had a, a default no of like why. But then I looked at like the actual like what the what it'd be like. Like first of all, I have to set up like practically a week off of work. Yeah, of just setting up all this time of not being able to work. Which, like, that's, like, I should take vacations, so that's not the worst thing ever, but it's just, like, I do have to, like, work harder to... <laughs> you have to, to work harder time, to take that to vacation. time for, uh, yeah. open, otherwise I'd just be turning my channel off for a week, and that doesn't go well for people who do that. Yeah. Because people who are, 
because that that invites people to to fill their schedule with something else and then they don't come back when you come back yeah uh taking breaks off youtube is bad uh but then i looked into like all right i'm already thinking of like first of all there's the massive social anxiety of being surrounded by massive crowds of people that i'm not used to being around and then this the the like the the pax pox like the whole like getting sick from conventions people always talk about okay first of all Y'all which, is what, which is what always happens to Wander when he goes to conventions. Is which, he always gets sick, and that happens. Yeah, when y'all the babies. But on Andrew top got of to that, a couple of conventions, never got sick. But on top of that, just the terrifying money. Oh yeah, it's a I lot. Like, How much is money. a BlizzCon ticket? Two hundred dollars for the fucking ticket? Yeah, and that's before you even factor in like the hotel cost. Well, I think that's the whole weekend, though, right? It's well, yeah. The ticket is two hundred dollars. Yeah, but I'm saying the ticket, the like, BlizzCon, is the whole weekend. But then because you don't live in like SoCal or wherever it's, it's yeah. set, you They're have to deal with like San Diego. You have to fly there. You have to stay there. You have to get food there, and suddenly you're like, this is like a few days okay, that's going well, to cost a thousand dollars. No, no, yes, a thousand dollars. I've checked over and over again, like a bunch of different people's accounts of how much the weekend cost them, not even counting like buying stuff at BlizzCon or anything. And I've checked with Marty about how like what their expenses are and stuff like that. And I'm like, holy fuck. Are they staying like, at like a hotel? This, this is like, if I went to BlizzCon, it would be like the biggest expenditure I've ever made with the exception of paying off my car. <laughs> like, I'd be like, holy fuck. No, because you could have got, okay, a ticket to ticket down to LA is like 250 bucks back and forth. So two hundred fifty in total to go yeah. down there and come back. All right, so it's already a four hundred fifty dollars tri- trip. No, 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 two hundred fifty dollars. Yeah, to go and to come back. Yeah, which makes it four hundred fifty. No, you pay. It's one hundred fifty both ways. You said two fifty. No, I'm saying two fifty total. Yeah, total as in yeah the total amount. Yeah, which makes it four fifty. Why would it make it four fifty? Because the ticket. Now the trip, so the trip's already halfway to a thousand. Oh, well, you didn't and, say the ticket. You just kept saying like I like it. That's the other known expense we have so far. Oh, okay, that's why I was increasing it by so, two hundred. So this okay. So, so now, four, so now you have to stay at a hotel for no. A week, a stay in Airbnb, be a lot cheaper. <laughs> no, seriously, and and like it's no joke. Like Airbnb is going to cut the cost down to like maybe. Oh, you millennials and your ways. <laughs> oh, capitalism sucks. <laughs> like, I really don't know anything. Airbnb. I've never. I've never involved myself in any way in airbnb or uber or airbnb anything. is I i've used, never called an uber like that's a whole thing that's i've like never either to me still well what i mean do we have them y- yes we do have them one we have one we have one, we have one. <laughs> yeah it's a really specific number yeah. we have one uber driver we, in our one town. Uber driver. <laughs> we also have one we also have one lyft driver and they're not the same taxi i've never called taxi I've never called a Lyft, never called an Uber, never called anything. Uh, I've always been privileged enough to drive myself wherever I need to go. Suburban? Uh, no, because even in France, I just got a car and drove myself because I am an American who has a license. Well, you definitely aren't going to get yourself a car for BlizzCon, so you, no. you have to deal with transportation in that form. Okay, transportation at most is going to cost you $15, $20 per day. How much is an Uber usually? Probably per day, yeah. I guess you don't know either. I know how much an Uber is. Um, I dated somebody who used oh, I did, Uber, I did the research, and it always landed around $1,000 or more for the weekend. It's terrifying. It's incredibly it's fucking expensive. terrifying. I would figure... I've literally never like, spent I... that kind of money for fun on anything. <laughs> Oof. It's amazing just being... I just, it was amazing how I just had this, like, whiplash of, like, being casually invited to something and then realizing, like, 
oh, I'm like not of the class of person who can do this thing for fun. Yeah, I <laughs> like I'm not of that part of society that that can do that financially. <laughs> I learned that uh, I learned that mistake after <laughs> France because I went a little bit too ritzy, and so I took, put myself into like a financial butt after yeah. that. Especially I, then doing school right after, I was like, well, I'm like su- like I paid. I paid as much to go to France as I did to, like, go to school. I think literally, like, the most likely thing that might ever happen as far as a convention goes, like, a convention that isn't, like, literally just going to, like, what, like, Sac- Sacramento has, like, a sci-fi convention and an anime convention yeah. or something. Uh, I think the closest thing to, like, a, a convention trip that it could ever feasibly happen in my normal life would be, like, if I was, like, hey, bird, can I sleep on your couch? Cool, let's go to PAX West. <laughs> Because it's Seattle. Yeah. It's the same town. You can do that. I can, I can drive to Seattle. Yeah. And driving's cheap because I have a I good mean, car. I mean, you could also drive to Southern California. Yeah. Why would you fly? It's like an eight-hour drive. They're both pretty brutal. They're both pretty brutal. No, done, Seattle's done, like a 16-hour yeah. no, I've, I've done. I've done SoCal before. Yeah. I have done that drive before. I've done that <sighs> trip so many times. And it's... it. That is not an easy trip. If you take it with other people, it gets a lot easier. Yeah, but then that... But, but then all those other people are also sleeping on Bird's couch. <laughs> well, not, I'm saying to go to BlizzCon, not to freaking PAX East. PAX East, you're screwed, man. You have to go alone. Hey, Bird, can I... PAX West. Or PAX West. PAX better. East is a significantly longer drive. At that point, it might be cheaper to fly. <laughs> It, especially, yeah, well, especially the emotional toll. Actually, it's something like, I'm not looking forward to. The idea of if I ever if I ever move is the idea like I'm probably driving to wherever I move. Yeah, why wouldn't so I, you? Because I probably won't like. You gotta take your car, my car, or something. Like I'm probably going to drive in my car all the way to where I move. And a lot of those places are not very close to California. <laughs> a lot of the options are real long drives. <laughs> Honestly, at least you only it's, have to make it once. It's, oh fuck! It, like, I guess it'll be an experience. Look, you're in a, you're in a fortunate situation because you can consume copious amounts of caffeine. Yeah, whereas you you can't have no. caffeine. I have to like row row fight the power some sort of you're, you're weird caffeine intolerant gremlin man. I have to just fight through the tiredness. Uh, I had to do yeah doing that every year. I think it's gonna be every every single year. I always think this is the year I'm gonna move probably. And it's never true, but what like I can, it's got to be in my future. I think just because everywhere else is cheaper to live, and my income doesn't change. Yeah, like, it's insane to stay here. But the hurdles involved in moving are rough. And despite everything, I just have a I have a bizarre, lucky, uh, cheap living situation. Yeah, that is atypical not only for California but for like the country. <laughs> so like, I I don't know if I still. I'm not convinced I make them enough money to actually move somewhere. I think I'd have to have like a coordination of like, hey, me and roommate, let's go move to this state together. Is basically the only way that I move somewhere. It might be. It just depends. We have to split an apartment. No, because you could get a studio. Yeah. Because you don't actually need a bedroom, do you? Like a bedroom is the is like you normally have a bedroom with the assumption that you'll have people over to hang out inside yeah. of a living room. The problem is that whenever you find a low cost place, those are the places where they're like, "By the way, someone gets shot here every week." Well, Yay. not in a different state. <laughs> in a different state, a lo- like studio apartments will be cheaper just because you're not in yeah. California. Like you go find a studio and you're gonna be like, "What three hundred dollars?" Then party still wants to be choosy, right? Because you don't want to go to North Dakota. Part of you is okay. like, let's go try to, let's go, let's look at those cities that have Google, Google Fiber, huh? Let's Kansas look. is a pretty cheap place well, to yeah, live. Kansas City is the, like one of the first places to look at. 
because it's Kansas. It's cheap as fuck. <laughs> you just got to work worry about tornadoes every now and then. It's no biggie. How often does Kansas get tornadoes? We had we actually had to uh, cancel a Stardew session recently because uh, Wander was getting tornado warnings. <laughs> it's actually a thing that came up. Okay, well, uh, maybe not move to Kansas. I think he was in a tornado shelter. What? Yeah, I think he went into a... I think... Yeah. So he had to, like, leave his house and go into a tornado shelter? No, No, I think they were out. I think they were out at the time and then went into a tornado shelter instead of go home because of warnings. I think that's what happened. Like, the warning came out while they were out and about. I did get a tornado warning when I was in Folsom once. (laughs) I was like, I don't trust, I don't believe you. <laughs> I literally just ignored my phone. It was like, I don't believe you. Because <laughs> my phone gave me a tornado warning in Folsom. I'm like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> I can't even, I can't even you, picture what the fuck a California tornado would be like. I was like, you liar. Like, what is it? Just a very fat guy in a field going I like. I just expected my phone to be like, April Fool's. <laughs> It's, I, it, I was driving out from the movie theater, and it just fucking gave me a tornado warning. And I'm like, I don't even know what to do with this. I'm from this state. I, I remember, I remember like that one time it got really windy in LA, and everyone was like, "It's a tornado!" And I was like, "You fucking people!" That's not what tornado means. No, but it was just like you oh. can't be like, "What's wind?" When you live in a coastal city. Like, no, because it was like how the really works. It was like really fast enough to like almost be a tornado it was like it was literally building to be a tornado and then it was like it couldn't touch can't, down can't tornadoes just happen without being fast too like yeah speed isn't necessarily tornado it's just speed what science with keith <laughs> but the uh yeah it's like when it's like whenever we get we it's the same notion when other people in other states like uh midwest states have earthquakes yeah and they go like oh my golly gee and we're just like ha, ha. it's like you had an earthquake that's pathetic when like have california we talked about that before what earthquakes in california probably no probably. when you go when you're californian on the internet in california you always hear from people that say shit like how do you live there with all the earthquakes and it's like I've never felt an earthquake. Really? Yes. Are you serious? You've I've never felt one in your for life? Almost thirty years. What? And I've literally never felt an earthquake. I've been in two of them. I've seen an earthquake. What did see my? What? what I literally that? saw an earthquake. I wasn't feeling. <laughs> which is that I was sitting at my computer, and my computer oh, and started like, going. I'm like, the fuck? I'm not kicking. <laughs> and they're like, hey, and they're like, oh, was there an earthquake? And I'm like sure <laughs> sometimes you hear like about people hearing like oh yeah we heard we heard the dishes rattle <laughs> it must have been an earthquake but like old people yeah we heard the dishes it's rattle like, like it is must have been a it 2.0 is totally, it is totally uncomparable to like for example what's happening now in hawaii where like the earth is opening up under their cities and stuff like that and i'm like sometimes you you hear that there was a vibration of some kind yeah, so there have been a couple of. Big... I had more encounters with lightning than than earthquakes. I'm surprised you haven't. We've had two earthquakes in this area that were really high earthquakes. Not like enough four... to have literally any impact on my life. That's impressive. I, we had one. I remember we had one that was a 4.5, and I remember specifically I was laying on my bed, 
And must uh, have been a four point five out of ten. <laughs> it is a scale out of ten. You're right. Is it out of ten? Uh, I don't think it is. Yeah, it is. Out I think of it's 10. just an exponential scale that could potentially go forever. I, no, except I, for the part where it's exponential, I'm, so it gets real hard to go higher. I'm pretty sure if it, there's a ten point oh earthquake, like shit's going down. Like, the, like that's the that's Ragnarok. <laughs> yeah, I think I think like Australia became like when we have a new Australia. And, and New like, Australia, like like Russia and Europe are just split up. By the like, way, it always bothers me when people talk about uh, California like splitting off of the United States. Like that's not even the direction that fault goes in. No, it's not. It's not. It's a sub- like the entire basis of California is that it's a subducting fault, which means that the ocean plate is going into the yeah. United States <laughs> towards us. Yeah, but we I'll- would just crush Nevada. <laughs> which, by the way, makes this part of the country one of the most geologically complicated things you'll ever look at. Like, if you look at a map of the geology of the of the United States, and they like are mapping like what like the origins of the different rock areas are, like yeah. the regions. They'll be like, be like, they'll be like color coded of like, like when this rock was created or deposited or what era it's from or what it's like. They have category systems basically. Okay. You go to like all the flat parts of the country, and it's just like one color across the entire state and even into other states, like continuously. Like that's just there's just nothing to talk about of that entire area. It's just that whole chunk of the United States that's like, oh yeah, what's that area? It's like a fifth of the United States. It's just one rock, whatever. What the fuck it? Uh, California is just a bunch of crazy vertical stripes and it's like 50 different colors and it goes <laughs> and it goes all the way into like Nevada and shit all the way through the mountain range and everything yeah and that's because basically like that's that that fault that 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 the ocean place has been going under us over and over again just continuously it's always been doing that and it always has like island arcs on it like Hawaii and they just scrape off like the coastline used to be like off towards like Nevada and shit and everything that's been that's 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 west of there has just been various island arcs being scraped off the top of the ocean plate as it collides with the United with like the United States like with our ocean our, with our our tectonic plate. Yeah, and they and that those pieces of land just accrete they they just, they just accrue there, and they just stick like like bubble gum <laughs> instead of going down with the plate which goes under the, the, all the all the land on top just just breaks off and sticks to us. And so we've the so are so we've been growing to the west, and that's what. The, and so if you look at a map of the geology here, it's just fucking chaos because it's like five hundred different sources all accumulating in one spot. That is it's just a weird, terrifying. Thing. Yeah. So I get I get bothered when people are like, "Oh, California's gonna break off," and might as well that'll own the libs. It's like it's like no, that's not how that plate works at all. Actually, we're coming for you, <laughs> like even very the, slowly. Yeah, <laughs> not even the direction it's going in. It's like, oh, you fuck. Very soon, California will become Texas. Yeah. At most, there is a, a sec. There's a there's another plate that some of California is on, and that one, but that one's is that by San Francisco area where it like would just kick off the island more or less well, like what's happening is it's not it's still not a divergent plate no like, at no point but... in this things where these two things going eh, 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 does anything diverging so like nothing's gonna break off at most uh there's a transform fault yeah which is that they're sliding past each other which so is more just... like there's the two big plates crushing against each other and then there's like a wedge that's like slowly pushing because it's getting crushed by two things you think about that that's kind of terrifying so that I, the entire so planet is just like yeah. a giant gear shift going on yeah, but and it's you just so slow it's inc- it's impossibly incomprehensibly slow that is still terrifying it's like oh yeah no big deal uh 
Yeah, San Francisco will be down by San Diego just in time for the heat death of the universe. <laughs> like, not that long, but that's because that's all. That, but that, the only reason it's not that long is because that also is an incomprehensibly large time scale. Yeah, but I'm saying, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, you could the the theory that humanity could just leave the Earth. Yeah, and like come back like and it'll 40, just look different or 40 something. billion years later earth is just different yeah and it may not but be much like more likely extreme. Thing is that we wouldn't be there to observe it well no but i'm saying basically like, no, basically no life forms almost no life forms ever exist long enough to actually witness changes to the earth and if they witness any changes to the earth that's often what kills them <laughs> i don't think yeah i don't think a lot of things have lived no uh but like you just think about how like how it's actually really it it's 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 crazy to think about like the scale of how long life's been around just over as a whole yeah and like how life has life has been around for an impossibly tiny amount of history of the, of the universe or even the world yeah and then you think about how little of that time we've been around and how much of the time was just dinosaurs like it's easy to think like dinosaurs were around for a while and then we were around for a while and like those are comparable numbers no. or something. Like dinosaurs were around for an incredibly impossibly long yes. time. And so, we've was been it around, like two hundred million and been, years? And we've been around for like a moment. <laughs> and it's like and we're already fucking it up. <laughs> we haven't even been around for a million years. Like, think about that. We haven't been around for a million years and we're about to fucking kill ourselves every century. Like, what the fuck if is... The time, if the time scale of the Earth was a human life, then humanity would be a fart. <laughs> There's just a brief moment where something built up and then popped and then they're like, what was that? And then you move on. Like, that that might be the legacy of the start to finish of all of human history compared to how long, like, e even life has been around. It's pathetic that dinosaurs who did nothing with their time but just repeat this cycle of boredom it was sustainable it worked for them <laughs> the only reason it didn't work was because space didn't want it to the earth was a-ok -okay until space was like heads up baseball game surprise <laughs> like yeah. which is one of those fun things we get to wonder about is like when will the cosmic when will the cosmo just decide that we end <laughs> It won't happen. Just get randomly killed by, it, eh, here's an asteroid, or here's a solar flare, or here's, nah. like, a mega eruption that destroys the atmosphere. I'm pretty or, convinced that, oops, like... sorry, the polarity of something switched and the atmosphere flew away. Fuck it. I'm like, pretty... Like, <laughs> like, the number of... Jesus. Well, like, reality is so grand and uncaring. Yeah. That, like, the number of ways at any moment we could just get fucked by something incomprehensible is just you just have to not think about it so you can get through your 80 years of life and then die before anything happens yeah <laughs> like it's i think i think my favorite part is the uh is like the idea that i think humanity is a cockroach i think no matter what you think we'll, we'll stick around we'll always like a, there'll always be remnants i mean we humanity. like to aggrandize ourselves about that in all of our in all of our fiction well, we like, like to say, well, no, the Walking Dead, or we like Metro to say, or Frostpunk, like we're always holding on in some dumb subway somewhere, like the last vestiges of humanity. Yeah, and we'll just ignore whether or not that's of a population scale that can produce offspring long term without them all being inbred fucks. It can't. <laughs> but the point I'm making is that I'm not, I'm not saying that humanity will survive for the better. I'm saying that we will survive. There's like there's there's very little you can do to kill us because we always find a way because like. We can kill ourselves the best that anything can. We can do it more efficiently, faster, and better than anything the cosmos can throw at us. But we haven't yet. Mm -hmm. And that's because we're very resilient to death. 
in that scheme. Did I talk to you before about how how Far Cry 5 deals with like doomsday preppers? No. It's weird. The villains of the game are a doomsday cult. They think the world's going to so end. So it's just Jamestown? But without like the they, suicide? They think the world's going to end and they're like converging everyone to like these three like mega bunkers and everything like that of, okay. their, of their religion. And they're kind of just massacring everyone else because they really don't have a coherent uh, stance across the board really. Because <laughs> they have to be evil massacring murder people otherwise there's no one to fight in the Far Cry game. And they just took those two ideas and didn't bother thinking about how they would mix together and just took them both. So there's video games don't really make sense. But here's the issue is that like the game's full of stashes and stuff like that and like hidden stashes you can do to do your world exploring and stuff like that and yeah. get rewarded for that. And they're pretty much always in somebody's doomsday bunker. Like half the population of Hope County in that game has like a doomsday bunker under their house. And so like it's the the game is literally like Doomsday Preppers versus Doomsday Preppers because reasons is <laughs> like the plot basically because <laughs> like the good guys are all Doomsday Preppers too. For what just, Doomsday? What the fuck is this? I don't know. It's just really. I, mean, game, I get it's supposed to be the making game just fun has no of like... coherent stance or plot really. It's just a weird mishmash of like every time you like they they do the thing where like every villain in the game like gets in these cutscenes where you can't do anything you're just sitting there waiting for it to play out and then just monologuing at you with their ideology like they have in the last like two games yeah but they say nothing they talk for 10 minutes and say nothing it's amazing because they just have no coherent stance or ideology of any kind throughout the entire game it's like the most bland sounding shit ever <laughs> yep also spoilers for far cry 5 like at the end of the game, it, depending on what dialogue choice you pick, like a nuke, a nuke just lands and wipes everybody out. A nuke that has nothing to do with the plot of the game, <laughs> like, and people have claimed like, oh, if you listen to the right radio dialogue somewhere, it'll be like, oh, North Korea and U.S. are going at it, and like that's supposed to be the setup or something of the nuke that comes out of nowhere and ends the game. That had nothing like this. The game's not about nukes. The game's not about like this isn't Homefront where it's about like the or this isn't Cold War. Era. Yeah, like it's not a game about like the conflict between the U.S. and North America. I mean, uh, North Korea. It's you versus this one religious zealot, and a fucking nuke drops in one of the endings to end the game. And it's like you. That's not how story structure works. What the fuck? Like that's not a, you're not. It's amazing how much of a mess Far Cry Five is. I'm glad I didn't buy it. It's, uh, wow. It's fun to run around and co-op with one other person and just do objectives mindlessly. Eh. That's literally all that's fun about it. Because the game, I can't even begin to praise any part of its story. It's just noise. Like, every single time. And you can't avoid the story, by the way. Oh. Like, in other games, it's like, there's the story mission over there blinking at you on the map. Yeah. And you can just ignore it. Uh, in this one, you're progressing, like, a territory meter, like, in Saints Row. And uh, whenever you get to certain parts of the territory meter, you get kidnapped by the story. That's you just You just suddenly are in a story mission when you hit certain milestones and you can't avoid it. So there's no version of playing this game where you just ignore the story for last and then just never finish it. Like, it just kidnaps you with the story on a regular basis and you have to play it. And it's like, but the story is the worst ever. It's just nothing. And it has the worst content. And it's just bad. Well, I'm glad uh, you had fun with it. So, Far, Far Cry 5, in stores now. <laughs> you know the ending now. Let's see here. 
How do you feel about music in games slash movies? Do you think it should be more active, epic and action-packed, or more passive music in the background of gameplay? Uh, do you two have any favorite soundtrack games from or from games, movies? If so, what? And I enjoy the podcast. Hope it continues for a while. Who was that by? Uh, Max. I think that that it's there. It's like they're asking for a universal question that doesn't have a uni- uh, universal question about a, something that doesn't have a universal answer. Yeah, like depends on the game. Yeah, the music should fulfill the purpose that it's supposed to fulfill in a game, which uh, is ver- which is highly variable. I get what you're saying, though. In some sense, I I know you're not saying in a blanket statement like, do you want uh <laughs> do you want uh, I mean, the, d- do you want The Last of Us to have like '80s action music going on twenty four seven, or should it have like the Castlevania soundtrack? Yeah, like yeah, I, like different games are going for different things. Yeah, I get you're asking that. I would say personally, I find passive music better. I enjoy I enjoy passive music in a game more than I like um, like like I love the soundtrack for Doom, but I don't like it but the soundtrack for doom only works because the it's entire doom. because it's doom yeah but like i don't want like if you put that soundtrack in like, like far the la- cry or like or last you- of us technically has a soundtrack throughout the game or something yeah. or audio design or atmosphere or something is happening there's but a soundtrack like, the moments where like guitar comes in is like like the end of the prologue slash title sequence and stuff like that like there's yeah there's sequences that specific music comes in on purpose and it serves a purpose but yeah you can go either way because like then you get an Edgar Wright movie like Baby Driver where the fucking mu- music's integrated into the actual scenes and that's like the gimmick and stuff and like that's see that's, it, that's still the, technically passive music? That's that's definitely active music. You think so? Yeah. When the music's literally like the the focus of the scene. Like when when it takes center stage, if that's not active then what is? You're literally playing the music well, as I'm the thinking ga- active as the gamer. Is, well, I'm thinking active is in like uh the music is for uh, is only for this. The music only works with the specific action, not in. I, I think it's active music. Is when they say active music, they mean like when it takes center stage, like when it's okay. like when it when it is in some way a focus, as opposed to what many what many movies and television shows and games do is they have a soundtrack, but you might not even notice it's there. Yeah, because it's like it's it's emphasizing the emotion they want you to feel, but isn't necessarily. You're not like, oh, yeah, that song. Like, the way that, like, some people play Bastion and think of, like, the Build-A-Wall song and stuff like that. Like, that's the kind of sound I like. I like uh, soundtracks that do that, where they just kind of let you feel something, but they don't try to, like, make it very obvious. What You know, like, uh, I had to explain it's just... Like in an action scene, it's like and you can like yeah. hear like every punch is based on every beat of the sound. You know, there's like a lot of coordination going on where passive music is just like okay, I'm aware that they're... I, I'm aware that we're in a movie, but I'm not too... You know, like, I'm not aware of what I'm supposed to be feeling, more or less, kind of thing, where it's like, it's it's background music. Uh, I go both ways. Yeah. I mean, I don't mind... It's, it's, really just, it's just what you're going for. Yeah. Like, I, it's fun sometimes to have, like, a, a heavily stylized movie that's just going for that kind of stuff. Yeah. I don't have any like problems when, with either. Uh, or even when it's literally in the movie, like in Scott Pilgrim, where they'll like they'll start playing the song in the movie, and yeah. then the fight scene starts happening while the song's playing, and it matches the pace of the song, and all that stuff is going on. Like that's just you can do both. The answer is yes. The yes. answer is make a good thing good. 
uh as far it's as almost I f- like asking somebody whether like they like sports games or not and then but but like making a statement about whether or not like like what like whether or not an individual mechanic of a sports game should be in old video games or something like that like it's like it's 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 you can't apply universal statements about this kind of thing it's a it's a tool that you're supposed to use correctly from project to project yeah i would say uh, the answer to the second question i'd say my favorite soundtrack right now uh because i mean it's i don't think i have like a of all time I don't, such a weird concept of like you're my favorite soundtrack of all time yeah whenever i talk about like, favorites of movies or anything like i just that, have a it's list like a to, yeah yeah i just have, I a, have lot a bunch of, of things i like yeah it's, it's hard to nail things down right now my favorite is uh the soundtrack from an anime called violet evergarden it's really good passive music hmm. What about you? Uh, Bastion, Sucker Punch, Portal, uh, Scott Pilgrim. Is there any like you're currently uh, listening to? Higher, currently your favorite right now? Uh, I and I always like uh, Deadly Premonition. <laughs> uh, Demon Souls is a great soundtrack. You got list off like a bunch of soundtracks now. Yeah, there's just a bunch of soundtracks. I like we literally just talked about having a list and not a favorite. Well, I know, but I'm saying like, I was just I was just uh, reciting the uh, one. Jack Grand Radio. Oh, yeah, Jet Set Radio has, like, the best yeah. soundtrack ever. I keep slipping it in here and there uh, and various things. Yeah. Uh, Jet Set Radio <laughs> Future has a really good one. I mean, I like... There's a lot of games and movies I like soundtracks for. It's just... I don't... It's, like, that's too big of a list. I'm not going to sit here for days and listen. Also, all almost always, when somebody talks about their favorite soundtracks, they're all, almost always going to list something from the active category. Yeah, I mean... Because that's when you remember the songs. I mean, the... Uh, Otherwise, it's like, uh, I don't know, there was some sounds that played in that... Uh, uh, <laughs> like, it, it's almost always the active category you're going to list favorites as being from. Yeah. I would say, of all of them, the most passive soundtrack that I listed was Portal. Yeah, Portal's pretty passive. It's got those little synth beats. Yeah. It's got like little drum beats and synth punches going on. And I like Portal soundtrack. There's that one. There's that one specific one that has like the cross fading. Oh yeah, that one that that's like like it's like it's filth. It's kind of changing pitch over and over again. Yeah, they're like that one's in your head as being like the song from Portal. Yeah, and but of course it's the one really active song, which is the credit song in each game. Yeah, that's where the, the, where the the one moment of the game where soundtrack becomes central center focus. Yeah, but yeah, like that's I fucking love the soundtrack to uh uh Portal, like five thousand degrees Kelvin and stuff like that. Let's see, uh, this one's talking for a while. You might want to consider zooming in on these screens so that you yeah. can when you bring them up sometimes. Sometimes that control mouse wheel. Zoom in on screen. Pro hey guys. tip: you hold control and you mouse wheel up, and it zooms in the fonts. See, hey guys, I like what you did. Uh, like what you did to my question. I understand that you were running out. I would like to. Uh, I would like to instead of asking a question to suggest a topic. See where it goes. Topic is games you wish you could forget. Alone in the dark. Nine nine nine. For this kind of question, I always default to the idea of you'd want to forget it so that you could re-experience it. Wow, that is a very positive outlook on life. You're a very bright person. I want to forget things because no. they're painful. <laughs> no. no, I enjoy remembering dumb shit being dumb. That's fine. Also, it's a good warning to not just go back and play it again. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Take it like in the literal sense. Like, I would yeah. never play Alone in the Dark otherwise. Yeah. 
But like, I want to. I or want, I, I want to forget something so I could re-experience it entirely. Which really, it's just any game where like the discovery process Portal. is part of what's good about it. I would love to replay yeah. Portal again yeah, re-experience without knowing it. Portal and Portal One from scratch. That would be so great. I want to make uh, somebody else forget the Portal Two co-op so I can play it with them. Because <laughs> I, I like just missed the the two week period where everyone on the planet played it. I got lucky, and so I permanently don't get to play it. I got super. <laughs> I got, I'll never find yeah. somebody that I'm friends with who didn't play Portal Two co-op already. Yeah, <laughs> kind of had to pair off, and I got the last. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I got fortunate that Naya had. I think she had played it before, but like she's like, I don't yeah. know how to do it or remember any of it. I was like, I would, I would love to re-experience the Mass Effect trilogy from scratch again and just not oh, know God. where it's going and stuff like that. Like, ah, uh, specifically, uh, like two parts of Mass Effect One. But does that mean you have to forget about Mass Effect Andromeda? <laughs> I, I mean, I would like to just make the reality forget Mass Effect Andromeda, <laughs> so it just bloops out of existence. Uh, but like Mass Effect, I mean, it's still worth it. But uh, <laughs> like everything's worth it for Mass Effect One. But Jesus, even the like the, Ma- the Mass Effect Three ending is worth Mass Effect One. Arrival is worth Mass Effect One. Uh, Andromeda is worth Mass Effect One. In particular, it's just uh, the first encounter with Sovereign, and then uh, the moment of getting on Ilos, talking to the hologram thing. I'm forget. Uh, was it? I'm forgetting what this what the hologram uh, protein was called, and like like having older like just having it finally just laid out for you how the fuck the universe works, and then oh. having to sprint through and do like the one of the best endings of a game ever, like that whole sequence of like having like oh my god that thing's a conduit to where and you have to like sprint through with the with the the Mako and like to like crash into the the like through the mass relay into the uh in. The I almost said the capital. Nexus. That's from the wrong fucking the game. Citadel. The Citadel. Yeah, I think they called it the Nexus in Andromeda. Like crashing into the Citadel, having to physically walk up the tower <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah, like, all that cool shit happening. Like this is a cool ass ending to an RPG or really games in general. And like all the flies are attacking you. Yeah, all, all that, the all those like passive like having, in the background things. You're just like, what are these weird guys typing on laptops? And they'd start like. They're, like, attacking all of a sudden. You're like, what's going on? Like, well, they actually want the Reapers to kill you. And it's like, that's kind of rude. <laughs> like, being able, Just being able to experience a lot of that would be... just be That would be a cool thing. It'd be, that, it'd be interesting to go back and re-experience certain stuff that I... Like, what I... I would be curious to know my reactions to stuff. Like, if I went back and wiped my memory of Portal and Portal 2 and I went back and played them now, like the would I still way, like it the same like way? A, a decade later. Yeah. Yeah. I would be curious because my tastes change over time. But yeah. I don't know how much of those tastes only... Are, are only consistent because of my memory. Is that the scary memory. reveal? Is that when you have like something from your? Thanks for the constant neck kicking shadow. That's really good for the audio. <laughs> just, just gonna shake that collar as much as possible. You get out of here. What are you doing? <laughs> now he's like, well, you now called he's just, me. Now he's just walking up. Uh, <laughs> the uh, that's the is that that'd be the ultimate. That'd be the fucking uh, careful what you wish for curse here. Yeah, is finding out that the thing you like was you only liked because it happened in a special time in your in your life and it hit you in the right way at the right time. And if you re-experience yeah. it now for the first time, it actually wouldn't have the same impact. That's that's what and then see that's the thing I think about a lot of stuff. Yeah, though. it's not just games or movies. It's like everything in your life is a, is like focused based on the time. So you imagine like people you know, family members, like everybody is like if you forgot about them and had to relearn about them, 
chances are you probably won't want to tolerate them where you yeah. are in your life right now. Or like there's and just things where like if would I the way that I fixate on Dark Crystal like could that ever happen if it hit, if I experienced it any other part of my life? No, because like because that's nostalgia. There's so many things I encounter that are like I'll hear about somebody's like super important movie or whatever the fuck, especially yeah. like people that are younger. And so it's like stuff that happened later in my life. And I'm like, that one? Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> really? That's what I mean. It's like, I, I would be. Or even you. I'm like, I'm like, I mean, Face Off was fine. No, it <laughs> saw, wasn't. Saw, face Off. I saw was... Face Off. It was fine. It was good. Or like, yeah, like I, I love Dark Crystal, but I talk about it. I, I mentioned it on like the podcast with like Wander and everyone. They're like, eh. <laughs> like that's their reaction to dark crystal it's just like and eh, whatever <laughs> like not even like a positive reaction <laughs> i mean <laughs> and I'm like, you no know, don't do this to me <laughs> i've always said that to you every time it's like i don't know why you're so fixated on dark crystal because it's the best movie ever made that's what i'm confused by <laughs> the uh it's uh, yeah i would be i personally i kind of just wanted now i'm just now that you, we brought it up i kind of just want to do that for fun now what I want to just, like, have the power. Like, I wish I was a superpower. <laughs> when you said, I just want to do that for fun now, I thought you had, like, a plan for, like, a series or something. No, I just, Not like... literally an impossibility. Yeah, I just want to, like, I want to be able to go and, like, erase people's memories of certain things. And just see how it turns out. Like, I think that Just be... erase someone's memories of episode one over and over again so they can be re-disappointed by Jar Jar. <laughs> like, oh, I can't wait to watch it again. It's like a reverse Red Wedding. <laughs> We just want to watch somebody experience something awful over and over again. We go through 999, then erase our memory of 999, and go through it again. Like, just Would it be the same exact reactions? Is, is that hell? At what point does this become, I have no mouth and I must scream? Like, this becomes too much power abused the wrong way? I think I had that. Have I had, you read that? What, the book? Yeah. No. It's, only, it's, it. it's like 30 pages. 30? Yeah. It's a short story. Oh. Like it's like when you buy a physical copy of I, I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream because they sell it as a book. Yeah. It's literally just the Harlan Ellison short story collection. And it, oh. start, it starts with that book. It starts, with the, it starts with that story. Then it starts with like an afterword that's like the history of what impact it's had on his life or what the legacy of the story has been. Okay. And then it's like, and here's 10 more stories because we have to sell, we have to make this book at least like 200 pages because <laughs> all those other stories are also like five pages, 15 pages. Wow. I he just wrote a lot of short stories. I thought about that the other day where I was like, I wonder like, what is, what is like the worst things you can do in terms of, uh, in terms of like affecting other people's lives what is like? How do I explain what's, this? What's the worst thing you could do? That's what you've been thinking about. Yeah. Well, like, I was thinking, and so I was thinking, like, by the way, if you want to experience that story, one of the best ways is actually to like, you guys should just hop on YouTube. It's actually in my recommended. It's actually in my current like recommended videos playlist, even though it's probably illegal. Uh, there's just an upload on YouTube of the audiobook. Oh, and the audiobook's read by the author. Well, that's so, and super he's handy. Really into it, like in a like an on a level like a uh mark hamill sort of way like he's into it on oh. performance and it's a really good like 30 to 40 minute video i'll have to check that out of just that oh that it's, sounds it's a lot a easier good story told by the person who wrote it so all the emotions are right <laughs> you can't be like oh did they interpret the text correctly it's like he wrote the story yeah <laughs> he's doing the audiobook it's not the best audio because i think it was recorded in the 70s or something or 80s or Oof. whatever like i think it's an old recording but he's into it and he, even, he actually does have like heath ledger moments i mean Mark Hamill moments every now and then of like, oh, he's he's my me. This might be his like 200th time telling the story. 
Like he knows all the little details and the sentence structure. Yeah, and everything. he knows like he's exactly. Like intimately what it comes. familiar with the script. That's impressive. It's a good one, but I don't know. That's tell us more about your weird society oh. torture the mental experiments. So I, I thought I posted on Twitter. Did you just watch that uh, scene where uh, Rick creates the 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 butter passer over and over again no. until it like you had new better ideas? <laughs> I, I did have a better idea. The um, I posted on Twitter last night because I was like super fucked up and i thought about it and i was like all right oh everyone on everyone will follow your twitter knows you were fucked up <laughs> <laughs> they always do the you're like i would kill somebody just because <laughs> i would dude and not like i like i said in that tweet not like the crappy shit where it's like the purge i was like yo I'll shoot a guy in the face no 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 i want you to stick your hand in that fucking person's guts take it out and strangle them with it you're not gonna get away from this little bitch ass oh murder a guy blip blip oh i don't feel any guilt yeah well look at them in the eyes when you're strangling with their own fucking organs that's guilt i hate that shit it drives me nuts always that i wonder if the organs would hold out they would they would not hold out they would bleed out before they uh before you strangle them from the organs no, I mean, I wonder if the organ would even be strong enough to strangle them. Oh, yeah, your intestine's super strong. I have heard that, because there's that one guy, there was the, the story about the guy that got his butthole stuck to the pump in his pool. Yeah. And, like, how hard it was for him to free himself, and he had to, like, chew through it. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> oh, boy. But, yeah. That's so... A, what a thing to have in your permanent life memory of what you did in your life. <laughs> Is <laughs> just living for the rest of your life. And I would like to forget that moment. That to, yeah, <laughs> thinking of wanting to forget things. A lot of people want to forget that I just brought that up. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but my idea was, uh, my I think there's a TED talk about that. <laughs> I don't know if it was a TED talk, or I, I think I listened to a podcast of him telling the story or something. Jesus. Yeah, but yeah, it's just strong enough to kill somebody with. You could kill somebody with their own organs. Um, <laughs> I know I've done it. <laughs> I wish, I wish but i would get in trouble so God. i can't you're the one you're the one person where like when you if you get arrested for something at some point <laughs> the reaction won't be like i don't know no one ex no like he was just such a sweet kid really no, no hint that anything could ever happen it's like it's like no he uh put out hours of documented uh stuff about it. Like, like it's one of the some of the more recent ones that have been happening where a bad thing happens and people are like yeah here's this like massive archive of evidence that he was going to do something bad I have a lot. I've said a like I've had a lot of ideas on how to do just awful things. At the rate we're going at, you'll be a good presidential candidate in about twenty years. Yeah, I'll be ready in twenty years. I would actually be a way better president than most people. <laughs> I've, I honestly, because my first of course you pick up litter. Well, I mean, my first that order means you care. I do. First order of business would literally be to like fire Congress. That's, but that's how it works no but like literally that's, fire congress that's how presidents like work. lock them in the building and fire that by put it on fire and burn them to the ground that's not what that's not how president works uh well it's i mean it is if the president does it <laughs> like, <laughs> you could say that about being a plumber <laughs> if the president does plumbing then if the, if it's presidential a, plumbing if you're a plumber that works at the white house and you happen to destroy all of congress i guess that's just one of one of the presidential plumber's duties is to yeah, kill congress exactly you can't just make it up <laughs> oh i certainly i'm the president uh new uh what is it what do they call those stupid things that i don't even know why they're allowed to happen the uh they, when everybody gets to just write a law for some reason what the, the what are you trying to say what is it called when the fucking president gets to just like it's usually a thing they always do with Planned Parenthood where it's like abortions are illegal and then someone comes in like then a Democrat goes off it's like abortions are illegal and it's like they have they keep changing it each time but they're like a deck they're like a 
The president cannot write laws. No, laws are like... They're like stances or statements that the government takes. It's like a, a mandate? Yeah. That's just say, that's just called saying something. Well, that's what a presidential mandate is. It's I just mean, telling people. Well, no, not to like do a presidential mandate. No, but it's like because it's, he can't make a law and he can't make people make a law. The most he has is that is somebody who was uh elected popularly by the biggest vote in like the entire country, so he has like influence at that point because he has, it's an implication of where the president where the people are at and so if you defy him then you may not get reelected. is the be- is the most power he has other than that it's like it's vetoes and the government and the military that's about it i mean the military would be kind of a a lot of power yeah but there's the whole rule of you can't deploy the military on uh on the soil of the plant of our country, <laughs> of our planet, <laughs> of our planet. I almost said it. You, you you have to only use the military externally. That's that, that's what the Coast Guard's apparently for. I got a lot of comments about that when I was talking about the plot holes of Far Cry Five, where just whenever anything comes up where I'm slightly wrong, where there's some sort of if there's is there, there's a comment to make, I just watch as fifty copies of that comment happen over and over again. Like I criticize the fact that in the surge, if you die, you, they give you like two and a half minutes to run back to your corpse before it just disappears. Yeah. Excuse me, what? And apparently, if you kill something in that time, you get a 10 seconds added to the timer. And boy, the comments psyched about reminding me of that, because the same comment has happened like 75 times from different people, just over and over again. Just like when I misidentified whether or not the dragon was female or not in Monster Hunter and shit like that. Like, just people will just say it over and over and over and over and over and over. And none of them read to see if anyone else said it, or if every comment in the entire comment section is literally that repeating. <laughs> It'll just add to the pile. So I, oh boy, it just never ends. It's a, it's an experience. You just start wanting to add like certain things to your keyword for filtering out comments. Yeah. Like no one can say timer anymore. You guys broke that word forever. <laughs> you ruined it that one day. You ruined it. It's all over. Uh, I was like, we doing? we're doing pretty good actually. Do we have another question? We still have more. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Hey guys, I like what you did. Uh, oh wait, no, just that's did that one. sorry. Hold you on. failure. Hold on. You failed us. I there you we go. Failed us all. Oh my god. Oh, that's a big one. Uh, that's a big one. That's a real big one. Why did they link? Why did they link? Uh, no, they it, it was a uh, they fucked up. Uh, hold on, I'll read it. Uh, dear host of the Sit and Discuss podcast, we have names. Uh, you seem to be in need of some questions. What games have you played that you consider especially artistic? Somebody on the planet that still rickrolls people. <laughs> they tried to link a Ready Player One thing. They're like, oh, this is a funny link. Aren't I funny? Like, we're going to watch it in the middle of the podcast. But then it just auto expands. the. Yeah. the em- it embeds it and just says that it's Rick Ashley's never going to get you up. It's just clearly there. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Google. Oh. Uh, let's see. What? I bet that's the same person. When the talk, when the conversation happened about the what happened in D and D recently, the big crazy climactic thing, yeah, fucking uh, Wander posted on Reddit, and somebody posted a, a link to like the YouTube series, but it was just it was never going to give you up. And I'm like, is it the same person? Is there one weird like champion of Rick Rolling that keeps going around? I like the idea that he's keeping it alive, like he doesn't want Rick Rolling. It shouldn't to be die. kept alive. <laughs> so it was uh, literally never funny. What games have you considered especially artistic? I don't. Uh, ga- papers, please. Gao, go, Goa. What? What was the name of that game? Goa. I thought it was Goa. The the one where it's like the puzzle game, where it's in like a picture book. 
Gorogoa? Gorogoa. I think it was. There you go. The one where it was the four panels. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. I think Gorogoa was the last time I was like, wow, this is artistic. <laughs> like, yeah, for, for me, if I'm going to say something... Like, artistic is such a stupid, pointless word to an extent. Like, it's just so vague. A lot of people will default to, like, something that's like, that's pretty. That's the really pretty art style. Yeah. And so that makes it the artistic game, which is the mistake everyone made with uh, Roger Ebert. Ebert's like, video games aren't art. I'm old and don't understand things. And everyone's like, nah-uh. And they're like, look at Flower. And, like, they're look at, they point a bunch of games that are all, like, visually striking as being art. And it's like, that's not... What the fuck, guys? Yeah. In your attempts to argue against Ebert, who's dead anyway now, uh, you're like showing how you can't even begin to understand the word's meaning anyway. <laughs> so, so you're not really well, that's why arguing. Said, that's why I said uh, Go Agora. Yeah. Because it like it that's not only does it look on. pretty, but it like the story is impressive. The mechanics behind like linking together multiple stories is impressive. Yeah. Like everything about that game is artistic. For like, me, I just <laughs> think that. For me, I just think that Pavers Please is just a shockingly good game. But I count. But when I talk about art, it, I, I mean specifically because I've to some extent I think that a merit of art is having like a point of yeah. some kind and like a, a some sort of message or experience or something. And Pavers Please is a shockingly good like borderline masterpiece type game that'll be remembered for decades in part because of the fact that like it is a it is story and gameplay and mechanics all becoming one its themes uh, and its okay. message and its story and its gameplay are all perfectly melted together where they don't have to compromise each other yeah that's what and you're saying it's such a it's just it's a game that can only exist in its exact form okay like, it's it's not like so many other games where it's like Here's like it's not like you know people talk about like little narrative dissonance and stuff like that. Like you play as the shooty shooty bang bang man, but I'm really sad about this one girl and all of, like all of, like like the, the the conflict of like playing an action game that and then the cutscenes trying to have empathetic characters and like yeah and Drake fucking uh, Nathan Drake just seeming like some kind of psychopath because he kills like five thousand people over the course of the four games and stuff like that and like just like I what a lovable guy <laughs> like that kind of stuff yeah uh a game both like being an exercise in empathy and having you ask yourself difficult questions of what to do in certain situations while also being a mechanically robust video game and all that other stuff like that's for me what i would quantify not only as being like possibly the most artistic game whatever that means but also maybe one of the best games ever made I wouldn't say Paper Please is the best game ever made. Not the best one, because that acts that, that acts like it's on the peak yeah. of, of literally everything. But but I put Papers Please in the territory of like portal. Of like, this is how good this idea gets. Yeah. And, I it, think, and to an extent they kind of made the idea when they made the game. Yeah, I think they Which is I, why it's more impressive. I can definitely I can agree on that. I can agree that's it's definitely like yeah. what you call a tent pole game and that it's a game that its very existence would inspire other people to try to make that because yeah. they can't come up with their own amazing crazy idea. Which is what Portal definitely did. Is like yeah. there's 500 games that want to be a first-person chamber-based puzzle game, and there's one of them that's really good. Just <laughs> Talos Principle. <laughs> and that's the only really good copycat game. Everything else is kind of like, eh, what's your appetite for a bit? I guess. Yeah. Cube, you you used up a few hours. 
<laughs> as opposed to like Talos principle being oh. like, this is a really good idea. Oh, cube, you and I sweet soul. And I don't think any... The problem with the uh, papers, please, is that it so specifically has to exist in the form it exists in that any... I think unlike a portal, any attempts to copycat it are just going to be falling completely flat. Yes. And there's at least one example on, on Steam of that. Really? Of a game trying to copy Papers, Please, like verbatim, and just it, no one cared. <laughs> I, don't, I didn't play it, so I can't say if it's good or not, but I, I bet it's not. <laughs> oh, I, I bet it's not either. Let's see, have you tried incremental games like Cookie Clicker, blah, blah, blah? Yeah, we used to race, and we 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 had a couple days where we were kind of racing and kick, click, Cookie Clicker until Andrew decided to cheat. Auto-clicking saves lives. Because <laughs> he was ahead of me for a while, but I, I had a better strategy for what things to build to buy next for a little bit. And so I started pulling ahead. Then he's like, I'm going to download an auto-clicker. And I'm like, I'm going to give up on this premise. Because, <laughs> like, that's... Fuck off. <laughs> yep. And that's why I don't play clicker games. And then, like, years and years later, I went back and played Cookie Clicker again once. Just kind of, like, I don't know. Letting this run a bit is slightly amusing. But... It really is just a naked Skinner's box of like. Oh yeah, you just keep clicking. Yeah, and you get stuff at like the it's end. actually a literal Skinner's box on the most naked level, but also in the in a less harmful way where it's not selling you like like loot boxes by doing yeah, so. Yeah, it's not trying to like con you out of money, yeah. but it is like like your time like, is being literally sunk into nothing. If any of you feel like making the mistake of playing Fortnite, by which I mean the the single player not single player this the campaign one part of it the, yeah the what campaign. used to be the game yeah <laughs> until they replaced it until until a minor spinoff mode became the biggest thing in the history of video games or whatever the fuck is happening right now uh if you ever think about playing fortnite's campaign instead just open cookie clicker it's it's a similar experience without trying to harm you directly <laughs> yeah <laughs> but no incremental games are shit let's see what it's fine it's harmless do whatever the fuck you want but boy yeah. oh boy there's just nothing there's nothing i i don't find any appeal just, to it there's just nothing going on and i get mad when it, when other video game genres have incremental mechanics in them yeah like i don't want any video games to have like real-time clocks or whatever in them yeah. like for me we've been playing satellite rain okay and what ruins satellite rain for me to an extent is that it has real-time elements like it has uh... you hack a bunch of atms to be siphoning money off them continuously yeah and you can also like go break into banks to like get a multiplier on your atm score or whatever but ultimately like you you ultimately get like an incremental thing going on where it's just like a real time real time is affecting how fast you get money from the atms throughout the game which means standing still makes you money and stuff like that can you like and for me the the problem the speed up time so the problem with with that for me i think you can actually but for me, the problem there is that uh, Satellite Rain's entire way of handling upgrades is that whether or not you can afford them, basically. And even then, like, okay. like, like you do like entirely these massive, complicated, multi-stage productions in order to gain access to the next chunk of the map, which is how you proceed through the game of like trying to like like forge passports and stuff like that. Like, yeah, like that in the, in the cyberpunk setting, or if you just have a mountain of money, you can basically just buy your way into the next stage. And it's like, so having the money not be tied to, like, an incredibly specific pacing is, like, fucked. Like, for me, like, D&D is a greatly paced game, in particular, especially if you play D&D in the style where you just, like, ah, this pl the story, pl the storyline's over. Like, you, you beat, you beat that quest, that, that quest line or that plot arc, everyone levels up. Like, yeah. that kind of stuff is so carefully maintained, and that means that the game's gonna be balanced and paced well. And, like, 
something like that when whenever a video game is like let's just do incremental gameplay and thrown into here it's like or like the equivalent of like uh assassin's creed having like those Facebook games where you send out teams to do the thing for six hours oh, and they'll God. come back at yeah, some point. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, or Fable having real time, having real time be the basis on how you get your money back from your properties and yep. shit like that. Like all those ideas are just like that means that your whatever whatever resource is tied to that system will now never be balanced. Yes, it'll always you'll always be progressing through the game too fast or too slowly. Uh, compared to the rate at which you're progressing through this other dumb thing that affects your progression which is which, odd given which that is unfortunately unfortunately that's like the one flaw of y yakuza zero really yep it has that same flaw yep it oh, has because the... has the real estate thing and, right. and money is how you buy your skills so how much you deal with the real estate thing affects how much you have on skills thankfully it's a beat-em-up so i think you can just do a level one run through the game if you really wanted to and it doesn't really matter that much but the idea of the being tied to that is just really stupid. Yeah. <laughs> There's really no stupid. reason to do it that way. I agree. And it was a mistake. But it's like the single biggest dumb misstep in the entirety of Yakuza 0. Wow. Well, see, what so is your questions. what is your favorite Wes Anderson movie? Or Anderson-esque? Or Anderson-esque? I like Resident Evil. Oh, that's Paul Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what Wes Anderson makes. Life Aquatic. Is it a documentary? No, this this it's a Bill Murray movie. A lot of these are you should with how much don't you like Bill Murray a lot? No, what? I thought you liked Bill Murray a lot for some I like reason. Like Robin Williams. Oh, I don't for like some, Bill Murray. I think he's funny, but I don't like. For some like... reason, I thought you were a Bill Murray fan, and I was gonna say like you should know a lot more Wes Anderson movies then because he's in like all of them. No, Bruce Willis. I well obviously yeah I know. Well, they're not the same people. I know. You can like more than one people. No. <laughs> the, uh, I barely even like one person. Because he, he made uh, Grand Budapest Hotel. He made uh, Moonrise Kingdom. Life no. Aquatic. No. Other ones. I've only seen Grand Budapest Hotel and Moonrise Kingdom. That's okay. the only two I've seen. I haven't so seen any. I don't, even, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have the other ones down So I don't well. even know what a Wes Anderson-esque-like movie would be because I don't know what his movies are, so I can't compare them. If it's Face Off, then yes, I like Face Off. It's my favorite Wes Anderson-esque movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, I think I my favorite... You. This might sound weird, but I think my favorite Wes Anderson-style thing is the... It's the Netflix series, uh, A Series of Unfortunate Events. Oh. Which we actually talked about this yeah. off camera, I think. We this did, a yeah. very specific d discussion, which is that I get I get the same part of my brain that gets tickled by the two Wes Anderson movies I've seen gets affected by uh, the Netflix series, A Series of Unfortunate Events. Down to like the shot framing and the way that everything's so weirdly deliberate and clean and like a weird, it's like a... Like, the, it's not realistic. No. Like, there's everything has a pacing and a tone and a dialogue to it that feels like you're turning the pages of, like, a children's book almost. Like, yeah. there's a weird... It's like a stage thing. Or, like, it's like it's almost like... It's almost like a skit. Like, it's 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 it's, it's a weird heightened reality where something's just inherent, intentionally not feeling like it's happening in, for real. Yeah. And so, like, it's hard to place what that is. But when you've seen, like, Moonrise Kingdom, you're like, okay, yeah, I know. I know. And uh, that's what I get from a series of unfortunate events, which I just enjoy quite a bit. I've just hmm. been enjoying that Netflix series, which is two seasons in. So they're like two thirds of the way through the books now. 
I thought it was well. I saw on Twitter that uh, Neil, ha- Neil Patrick Harris was like, "I'm already gone. Goodbye." So he's not playing Olaf anymore, I guess. <laughs> Is that a thing? Yeah, I haven't so, heard about that. Yeah, yeah, well, he was on Twitter. He was like, "It's been fun playing Olaf. Goodbye, guys." And I was like, "I guess he's dead or something." Or they're so ended. I don't know. Are you that. sure he wasn't just like acknowledging the new season? Or was no, by uh, he was being like, "It's been fun playing Olaf," and I was like, "Oh, I guess it's over." That was quick. Well, then that'll be interesting. So either his character is dead. He's pretty still in there. <laughs> He's kind of important. Well, I mean, like whatever happened in the newest season. Maybe I mean he's supposed to be a master of disguise, even though he's not. That's the joke. But maybe he'll just be played by a different person. They won't acknowledge it. <laughs> Just be one joke about it. That would be no. He's not a side character you can write out. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like I don't. Maybe it's over. Maybe it got canceled or something. Oh shit! Did they? Netflix might have canceled it. Don't do this to me. It is shit. <laughs> no Netflix. No, I mean series unfortunately. Yeah. Nice. You're just like fuck this show. Most I've never people seen. Have said like the show isn't like as good as the books. Well, they're all dumb. Well, yeah, but they said like it doesn't like the show's its own thing. It doesn't shut up. I can or... like things. I didn't say you can't like it. I just, I'm just telling you what other people... I don't even watch it. I don't know if it's bad or good. Shit. As far as I know, it's got that one guy from How I Met Your Mother in it. And I don't literally know anything else he's ever done with his life. He's he's super important. People love him. But Neil, baby, I don't know what you do all day. I don't even know what other stuff you've been in. Has he been in other stuff? Does he have a job? Like... You seeing it? You reading the article? Neil Patrick Harris has confirmed he'll quit the villainous Count Olaf after three seasons of the Netflix series. Oh, so he just he just. But didn't as far work. as I can tell, the third series is when it's supposed to end. The third season? <laughs> I think it's only supposed to be a three season show, so I don't know what point that makes. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. And maybe he's just like confirming that there won't be a fourth season. Like there is just only three guys because I won't be there. Gah 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 gah. Yeah, like there's a, what's a, yeah, they they renewed it for a second and third season last year, promising to adapt the remaining nine novels of the 13 book series, because they're, they're doing, I think, four books, five books, four books. Okay. The three seasons. So I don't, I don't, I don't see how this is news. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they were planning on. Maybe they're planning on adapting the other books that the, that the guy eventually wrote that are like, like side stuff, like how George R. R. Martin writes other books that are also oh, in the Game of Thrones universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. maybe they'll adapt those, and they won't use him for Count Olaf, or he won't be in it. Or maybe Olaf will be a different age, so he'll be played by somebody else anyway. I don't know. I think the i want to I want to say the idea behind Neil Patrick Harris being in the show. Was that he and his husband were like? I think they have adopted kids that like are of the age where they wanted to make like they wanted to make something that their kids could watch. Oh, so I think they're I think they're like let's do this show so our kids can watch our show like that idea. Sure, which happens. I don't. People that's 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 why that one guy played King Koopa. What the guy that played King Koopa in the Mario in the live movie. action Mar- Mario? Yeah, and it was his last role before he died. Yeah, like he wanted to play something for his kid. But that happens a lot. Like people just uh, actors have kids, and they're like, "I want to make, I want to be in a kids movie that my kids can watch." That was like, like that. not a kids movie though. Super Mario <laughs> That's World. a terrifying Super Mario. movie. Yeah, that movie's not for kids though, man. 
that's my favorite David Lynch like movie. That's man, what happens if you're Willem Dafoe? You can't have kids and ha- make a movie they can watch. You're too terrifying. There's no like kids show that Willem Dafoe kids could watch Spider Man. And they're scared of the Green Goblin. Yeah, because he's scary. And his kid would be terrified of him. Like, Dad, you're a murderer. It's yeah. like, no, no, no. Like, he casually explodes people into skeletons. <laughs> right? It's really fucked up. And you're, he, just, you're just on that balcony, and those people just have a horrible death. What if you're a shitty he dad, He throws though? the pumpkin bomb, and they explode into skeletons. And I'm like, that's a level of uh, severity I wasn't ready that's for. That's Mars Attacks level. No, it's it's a level of severity of death I wasn't ready for yet in superhero movies. Oh, yeah. Because they, they didn't do that, really. So far, it was like X-Men, and it's like, Storm Storm did a zappy zoo, and oh no, Toad flew off screen. What happened to him? Who knows? <laughs> like, yeah. that kind of stuff. It's like the idea of, like, gruesome corpses of skeletons being all that's left of those people that were alive a moment ago in a Spider-Man movie, and they just never acknowledge it again. <laughs> it's, like, really weird. Yeah. It's really weird how, like, really gruesome deaths happen, and the movie just cuts away it's like and then later on i mean i got i got it later because later on i'm like oh it's the guy that made evil dead so yeah that's just the kind of shit he'll pull if no one stops him <laughs> if no one stops no one, him no one hand slapped him to away from doing that and it made it in the movie <laughs> that's the real reason it's like a, it's like a fucking child wacky skeletons are funny and that's why the dance scene happens in the third movie is because he's just he just likes to fuck around when he makes these movies good for him yeah love what you do which to this day like, of all things, like... Spider-Man 3 is still better than any DC movie that's coming Well, Spider-Man out. 3 is better than the next two Spider-Man movies. Uh, well, yeah. But uh, to this day, of all things to criticize about Spider-Man 3, that's, like, the one I won't criticize. The dance? Yeah. Okay. Because him... I mean, the part where it's a it's a thing that makes no sense in universe that a music number happens is weird. If you're trying if you're trying to take the movie like actually literally, like, yeah, literally they all broke into dance in the bar and he was doing all the shit. It's like absurd, but uh, the idea that him being in Venom mode and being like this is what nerd boy Peter Parker thinks is a cool guy, like all that shit playing out, like that cringe and everything is intentional yeah like i'm like that's the course that yeah, that's, that's what that asshole thinks is a cool dude he's like <laughs> yeah he literally looks in the mirror he's like, <laughs> like he like fucks up his hair to be a cool guy and yeah. then he goes dancing in a cafe and shit because he's just an asshole yeah <laughs> this is this is venomized peter parker who's always been just like this shitty nerdy character that like doesn't like the idea of him being venomized is always going to spell like, like it should turn out like that yeah should usually I don't turn know. out the problem is the movie's plot the plot is shit yeah well <laughs> and they went right back into that when they went to amazing spider-man 2 they're like what if we had even more villains than the bad one but everyone criticized for having being bad for having too many villains like this one will have like seven fuck it <laughs> 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 that's basically what they had I, oh god i've seen i still haven't seen the movie but it's just really funny watching like any any discussion of movies where somebody tries to explain the motivation of shocker oh or or shocker or whoever it was that was like uh jamie fox was playing where they just try to explain why he's even mad at at, at spider-man at all because yeah. he's like a villain of the movie but it's really hard to explain why he's a villain of the movie <laughs> he just kind of shows up as like i am a super villain now yeah he was basically like an electrician who did you just... watch that movie yeah so you know yeah can you yeah did, did it make any sense he was like an electrician who worked at the same place that peter parker was like Go, trying to get he was like just at. he was like spider-man adjacent and, for a minute and he's like i guess i'll kill him <laughs> no it was like he 
what was it it was like he was trying to do something about the his like employer like he hated his employer and so when he got electrocuted and became like thunder man um <laughs> so he, like he's not shocker right he is like shocker is he shocker i think so yeah so he's the same character that was also used in the next spider-man movie yeah who they would their gimmick was that they had him actually they like they dressed him up like shocker but wasn't actually but he wasn't wearing the spandex but yeah that he was, was wearing clothes that had like the like yeah. fishnet of yellow no, on yeah it's supposed stuff. to be shocker Oh, I didn't know um, that that I, want, I almost call him Jamie Kennedy over and over again. I didn't know Jamie Foxx was supposed to, be, supposed to be the same character. Yes. He was a weird blue glowy thing. Yeah, I don't know what that was about. But in any case, he was like, uh, look, it's been a while. But he was like disgruntled, hate his job, try to do something about the job. And Spider-Man was like, ho, 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 don't do that. And he was like, well, why are you going to stop me, Spider-Man? I thought you cared about the people. And this so did he non-violently stop him from committing a crime in a way that he doesn't even get him arrested or anything? Is yeah. That, that? <laughs> he literally was just like, uh-uh. And yeah, then, he basically like, was now like, I'm the villain. <laughs> yeah, he's basically like, you probably shouldn't do that, man. And he just like, walk away. And there so wasn't like, even consequences to it? No, he just he's like... He's just an asshole and he's like, well, now I've got a, now I've got a vendetta. <laughs> well, no, I think he like he still was like, I'm still going to take revenge. But not on Spider-Man. He's still, like, after the company. And then uh, he just, like, starts causing mayhem. Uh, and so Spider-Man's like, yo, 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 I thought I told you no. And so then he just, like, fights Spider-Man. And then I, and Spider-Man eventually... <coughs> I think Spider-Man, like, beats him. And then there's, like, no consequence for this, the company that he worked for that, like, caused all this. <laughs> and I was like, wait, yo, like, wasn't the whole point trying to, like... <laughs> he was like he's not a I mean, is, he's is, not a bad guy he didn't show he's like sandman that, where that sandman was like the a, criticism people usually have for batman storylines yeah he's this rich asshole that just he always seems to be beat, like punching down because in a lot of these scenarios he's like he's beating up all the thugs and so on the so on that are kind of created by a situation that he's not doing anything to address <laughs> yeah. and he's like uh you're one of the most powerful people in the city maybe you can make the city better and then you won't have to he punch tried all the time he tried yeah. doing that and then harvey dent became two-faced like what else can he do <laughs> man are you talking about the movies or the comics or what? In the comics. Yeah. In the comics, he was like, I'm backing Harvey Dent. And then it was like, oh, Harvey Dent got in an accident. God yeah. damn it. Okay, like, no more. There's, like, there's storylines where it's real uncomfortable if they don't address that. Because it's just like, at some point, after a few seasons of this, like, you're just punching guys that you're allowing to exist over and over again. Yeah. As if this is what you get off on or something. <laughs> kind of is. Batman, you're fucking weird. I mean, yeah, everything about Batman's psyche is a weird fucking thing to look into. <laughs> it starts to get real weird at some point. I mean... He dresses up like a bat to punch people at night. It's not normal behavior. <laughs> I mean, I don't think like building anything in a bat cave is normal. No. <laughs> like, He's not like, I'm going to help people install security fences on their windows. He's like, no, I'm going to punch people in the middle of the night. That'll solve like, crime. <laughs> would his parents be happy about that? <laughs> well, like his parents been happy that he took that sounds like one of those uncomfortable questions they probably address by having him literally talk to his parents in a comic because that's the kind of shit they pull yeah right after they make him a caveman that responds in the history or something it's happened yeah yeah that was that was it's... batman right i keep thinking it's yeah wolverine. that's batman batman in time i always think it's wolverine um, for some reason because i compare those two characters it's yeah i would just be curious you know like if his parents were like Bruce, honey, you like all of our hard work and you spent it on making a cave into some kind of like weird fucking man cave i am man bat <laughs> yeah it's like 
Yeah, like I can imagine his dad being like, son, why are you dressed up as a man bat? No one likes a man bat in Gotham. <laughs> it's yeah. like, dad, I'm Batman. It's like, no, no, no. You look like a man dressed as a bat. You're a man why, bat. I was like, why are you dressed like that? It's like, well, I gotta, I gotta wear this stuff to defend myself out there. Why, why is there, why is there ears? <laughs> why did you make ears? Are they, def- are they antenna? Yeah. They defensive ears? Yeah, they're, they're st- antenna. Are they, do you stab people with them? They don't, bats don't look like that. <laughs> they're not even bat ears. Yeah. They're just two little spikes on his head. He's a devil. He looks nothing like a bat. He's the only the... bat-like thing he ever does is the cape thing, and that's that's highly variable. Yeah, at times the cape is just sort of a semicircle. Yeah, a lot of the versions. Oh, there's only a few versions where it's really the bat. Like sometimes he has a glider that looks more like a bat wings, and that's like the closest he ever gets to actually being a bat. No, nah, his plane looks like a bat. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes <laughs> his car looks like a bat. <laughs> his cat. Lo- his his car looks webbed. <laughs> This is a really Spider-Man. Like a Spider-Man car. I don't look man. <laughs> it's like a shoe that's. It looks like a shoe that kicked through some spider webs. <laughs> I don't know. It's Batmobile. It's really weird. All I know is that superhero villains tend to not be like the brightest bag. They're, they're all real silly, and you have to just accept it and not think about it too much. Also, like anytime Batman, anytime like, Bruce like Wayne, Wakanda. <laughs> Never forgive. Never There's forget. always a lot of just you got to just accept this, or it's not gonna it's not gonna work. I just will never I'll never tolerate Wakanda as like a, it's really weird trying to figure out. It's it's hard enough to try to accept Thanos's motivation in Infinity War because of how like because like yeah like the first thing everyone points out is like why don't you just make infinite resources <laughs> like yeah why do you want to kill half of everybody but like. I wonder if it would have gone over worse or better if they showed the comic version of his motivation, where he's like, I love death and want to impress her. I'm going to kill half of all things. <laughs> also, by the way, death's a person, and I love them. <laughs> like, that's the story? Yeah, death, Lady Death is that's a very... What, that's uh, the comic book version of Thanos' motivation. She's, she's literally just a grim reaper with tits. I don't think she even had that. She, she no, she a does. Skeleton in the version I saw. No, she is a skeleton. Is she with tits? Also, Thanos looks dumb as shit. Yeah, he does. Holy shit! He looks like Barney. I saw what, Yeah, I like saw what Thanos looks like in that comic. <laughs> he's got like a dumb like. Yeah. He's like bright ass purple. It's, he's it's like, like it's like Batman with a bunch of. It's like the Technicolor Batman. Like, yeah. He's a bunch of weird bright blues and yellows are everywhere. Yeah. And he looks completely insane. I'm like. And he's smiling at the skeleton lady as you yeah. kill half of reality this, for This her. Thanos is more like a dad. He's dressed more like a space dad. Uh, in, this, in this one, he was just a, a dedicated lunatic that's like, I found a solution to all of my problems. That I'm, Instead of addressing my trauma, I'm just going to commit to this plan no matter what. And if anyone suggests why it's a bad plan, I'll just kill them. <laughs> so I don't have to question it. And then he just keeps going. He's one of those people that just doesn't have a very good idea, but he's dedicated to it religiously yeah and the more he sacrifices for it the more it has to be true and work because it has to justify all that he's done yeah there's yeah what's Which is more relatable than <laughs> wooing death i guess oh well it's actually a it's a competition to woo death between him and death uh deadpool because dead deadpool's what? Also, yeah deadpool's also actually deadpool has beaten thanos well, I'm sure everyone's beaten Thanos. Uh, not everyone. I mean, Squirrel Girl beat Thanos. Which I mean, is I mean, because of how many bullshit fake comics there are too. Yeah, like that's like that's a. Uh, I looked at a uh, was it because I was reading about how like Wolverine, like Wolverine, had a death in movie form recently, and then it was like, by the way, he's also dead in the comics. And I was like, I was looking at the like like I found an article that was like the many deaths of Wolverine. I'm like, oh wow, how many times has he died and come back in comics? And 
the list is like 50 long. Really? And part of the bullshit, though, is that a lot of them are just fake comics. Oh, they're the one-shot stuff? Yeah, like, they're like, officially yeah. published things where, Wolver- where Wolverine dies, but it's like... At some point, I'm just like, wow, they're way off their ass. They're, they're so up their own ass with having so many fake storylines over the years that it's actually, like... It's kind of insufferable how many times Wolverine has died yeah. in media. It's like, it's... I, I don't even care if it's not canon. It's just way too many versions. They made it too many times. They've killed him so many times. Yeah, which is why it's boring. I don't care about it. Yeah. That's why it was really interesting when, like, uh, the Civil War happened and, like, the nuke goes off and, like, he gets nuked yeah like literally nuked and you just see his skeleton like ah but he just comes back and i was like that's like the most insane recovery i've ever heard of in my life like yes your brain is is like separated from your skin because of the like you're like okay cool so we're safe he's never gonna die ever well not even well that was because he still hasn't died he's already back from the last one too well which wasn't even a real death I always heard about him supposedly dying in the comic, and then I see what it actually is. It's like, oh, he got encased in adamantium. Yeah. So he's not dead. He's just in there. He's just Han Solo. Like, he's like he's just in there. We verified that he just won't die no matter what, so he's he's just stuck in there. He's just Dr. And Who at now? some point, someone will cut it open, I just guess. like, stuck in a cage for millions yeah. of years? Like... It's the same idea. It's like, oh, no, they trapped the doctor for thousands of years. Like, okay, so he'll just be waiting? Yeah. Because he just doesn't die. Doesn't, he doesn't die by age. Like... Uh. When you own time. When you own time. There's so many questions. A lot of questions. What, let's, let's quick fire them real quick. Should we do all of them or should we like get, save them? Uh, How do many think? do we have left after this? Most of them. Okay. I guess we could save them. Yeah. That's fine by me. Let's save them. <laughs> We're less than halfway down this email. <laughs> Thanks for watching. Like always, send your questions to sit and discuss podcasting questions. And said, what's it called? Uh, sit and discuss QA at gmail.com. Uh, no, sit and discuss podcast at, at, uh, discuss podcast at gmail.com. At gmail.com. Yeah, not questions. Sit and discuss podcast at gmail.com. Links in the description. So we, we can so, never be wrong. Yes. You and, just got to look at the description. And so is yeah. the P.O. box. Yeah. Which you can send stuff to. We have a P.O. box. We've had it for a while. There's a P.O. box. That's where we get beautiful things like these dildos. I don't know if it's in the description of my podcast videos, but it's definitely in the description of the P.O. box videos. And that's how these dildos got that's here. That's why we have dildos They kissing. fit into each other. They, fit, they do fit into each other. It's weird. I still never figured out who sent this one. No. They didn't, they didn't claim it. They didn't claim it. <laughs> they were like, aha, they got my package. It's like they're hiding in the shadows. <laughs> Which is fine. I get it. It's I mean, you sent the a giant wolf dildo. Like, I, I get it, man. But, um, yeah, you can send us stuff for the P.O. Box and we'll open it on the videos and post it on the interwebs and play with any dildos you give us. Like this. Sword fighting. Is this, are you proud of yourself? I, you got to do it by the microphone so I can hear it. I have no idea if that's audible. <laughs> Give it a give it a, give them a loud slap, like percussion against each other. How loud does it get? There it goes. Yep, those are dildos. Those of you on the SoundCloud and the iTunes are hearing dildo slapping sounds now. That's the suction cups sniming into each other. That sounds. That's got to sound horrible. All right, see you guys next time. I oh. apologize for the last few minutes. <laughs> bye bye. Bye bye.